The comic book industry blew up this week, not in a literal sense, just on social media. And that shouldn't surprise anybody. That happens every single week. But this week, it was caused by a retailer named Glenn O'Leary calls a stir. This week, after a clip surfaced from a video of him calling out writers for a lack of quality in their work, this sparked a firestorm on both sides, seeing creators, fans, and even comics gateway in. Now, this has been, for me, very sad to watch on a lot of levels. Mm. Um, and we're going to get into all of that because I think that this is a multi-layered, multifaceted issue that... To be honest, I think a lot of people are just getting wrong. Uh, so we're gonna break all that down. We're gonna talk about it. We've got uh, we've got Tyler, uh, Guten Guten Morgan Guten Morgan. Yeah, we've got Marco here. Hola, what is up to you guys in the chat? Of course, I am Sean. This is the Comics Pals. Thank you for joining us live, uh, tape, podcast, video, otherwise, don't care. Thank you for being here. If you are watching live, make sure you hit that like button so we can do a draft a little bit later. Let's get into it. If you haven't watched the clip, if you haven't watched the clip that's been surfacing online of Glenn O'Leary, I encourage you to watch it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, now, I said clip. It's a clip from a much longer video. We're going to get into, you know, all of what it was that he had to say and stuff like that. Um I want to make this point right out the gate. Again, it's a clip from a much longer video. This is a this is a store owner of over 30 years who isn't happy, who isn't quite happy with the current direction of superhero comics. And it's important to say most of the time when we're talking about comics in this conversation, when it's being referenced, when the industry is being referenced by someone else, and probably at times when we say it, it's likely that we're talking about superhero comics, big two stuff. There's definitely a distinction. With that out of the way, I want to start with the comments that triggered so many on social media. Hmm. This is what Glenn said. This is now this is a, this is a direct quote, but it's a piece of everything. Quote: We don't care what you would do if you were Iron Man. We don't care who you are. People grew up loving Peter Parker, Miles Morales, loving Captain America. We don't need your input. Just write Steve Rogers. That's why most of the stuff is shit. We don't care what you what you would do. We don't care about your life whatsoever. Just write a book, get paid for what you're supposed to be doing, and make it a good story. We don't need your opinion. Class. That really pissed off a lot of people. Uh, and I feel like in the the grand scheme of where where people sit with comics, uh, especially lately in terms of quality, you know, I feel like that inflames the issue. It, it, it feels like a, a validation to to some people. You know, <laughs> I mean, in the chat, get off my lawn vibes. Old man, he has a cloud to some degree. And I think mentioning Sean that it's that it's a clip is important because I did, yeah, I did a deep dive after watching it. I was like, all right, what's the context of this? Um, and, and I'll admit that one clip is essentially the context of that, but there's a lot more to the video. Um, I don't think the clip is really out of too much context. Um, 
but I think what what you know, tr- you know, kind of sets off Glenn in that clip was him talking about Spider Man, um, and he was actually talking about the hood, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I was listening to his interview with Millar, um, and he mentions like Spider Man is what he was thinking about when he was you know doing this, um, and like there 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 is passion there, like. This dude is running a comic shop for 30 years. Like that that is not that is a thankless job. You are not, you know, making money doing that. So I can see that. But yeah, uh, the 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 reaction on the internet was interesting. Um that's the best way I can put it as as we get into it. Wow, Kefis in the chat. That's a rare sight. Welcome. Yeah, hey, 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 bud. Yeah, um I have a lot of observations from this situation and I want to. All right. (laughs) So first of all, every person that's in that video into my eye was white. And at the very least over 40, that's a conservative thing, probably over 50. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd say 50. Yeah, yeah, much more likely over 50. Everybody. And Sean, we should give context to the video itself is yeah. essentially a vlog of the comic shop. Right. right. Um, that, it's highly watchable. <laughs> it's highly watchable, and it's it's what he does. That's how he promotes his shop. Um, and he has a YouTube channel, and this was posted to his YouTube channel. The clip that was posted was not posted by Glenn in the sense that he didn't cut that out and put that out there with the intent of being incendiary. You have to understand, this is a guy who's over 50, right, at the very least, who's run a comic shop for 30 years. That means when he started, let's say he's 60 years old, he started when he was 30. He's 25, he started when he was 30. You know, he started at a younger age, and he's seen the industry grow and change. He probably didn't start when he became a fan either. So this is a fan of probably his entire life. which is what, 50-plus years? That's a very, very long time to love something and to love it the way that a comic book fan who transitions into a comic book owner would have to love it, right? But that, that love doesn't necessarily have to translate into what the industry is now, right? You fell in love with it at a different time. And it's not like this is a guy that can just go, all right, I don't like I don't like the state of comics. I'm not going to read anymore. If you if he decides to jump out of comics, he's jumping out of his business. Sure. And, yeah. And I think that's where my guttural reaction was. It was yeah. you run a business and you're talking about the stuff that you have to sell in such a negative way. I'm not buying that. And that seems to be what you want me to do. But how do you how does that work for a business? Well, it, it was interesting because in, in the larger context of the video, uh, to the earlier point, like the audience that he's really selling to, they were they were looking at like old mad magazines turned comic form. They were looking at like books from the fifties. Somebody brings up a book of like from the the from the twenties or something and and like mentions the the differences in, in what was yeah. presented before and then. So like he he sells to his to the audience that he knows he has. 
Um, so I wonder if like to him, is it a larger portion of bringing new people into the store? Does that really ultimately matter for him? Or is he uh, representing the store in a way that it appeals to people that he knows comes more regularly? I think that that is a point that I wanted to get at. And I think it's a good one. When you watch the video, everybody there is a contemporary of his in terms of age. And they all probably have similar feelings. Um, and this is something that we talk about on the show all the time. And I don't understand why it is so difficult for comic book fans and, quite frankly, creators to understand this. The people that you are talking about, the people that you are writing comics for or drawing comics for or whatever, are a lot of them are that. Whatever, whatever that is to you, good, bad, whatever, a lot of them are that. A lot of them are people who've been reading comics for many, many, many decades, and they have burned in their brain opinions about what these characters should be. How can you possibly tell someone who is half, who is double your age, that they are wrong to think that the way they think about the characters is outdated and boring and wrong when we have people on this podcast? And I'm referencing Kale right now, Damn but it. I'm sure we all do it to some degree. Who say headcanon, not mine? I was, I was gonna make the same joke. Like I do it every week. Kale's on the show. He's right. twice my age. Right. And Tyler mentioned, you know, uh, if I go to that shop, I'm not gonna want to buy from there if I hear that. And I did want to ask you guys, like, how would you feel if you heard your shop owner saying those things? I wouldn't want that. I don't want to hear that from my shop owner. But I don't want to hear anything from my shop owner. I want to not deal with them. I don't know anyone who works at Mintel. I go every week. They ask me my name, my birthday, <laughs> and that's it. So I actually, the, one of the reasons why I went digital is because my local shop just became super negative. And I just right. wasn't into the vibe anymore. Like I used to go hang out on Wednesdays for like an hour afterwards after work and then like talk and talk shop with people. And then like, honestly, like some of the people there got C CG pilled, you know? Um, and it just became just negative and it was complaining every time. And every time I went there, there was no discussion over, you know, what books are good. It was like, oh, can you believe how bad this book is? And I was like, guys, it's not the, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. And I just stopped going. Yeah. And I feel like based on the videos I've seen, and I watched a couple of these videos, um, that is kind of what I feel like the vibe is here. He does like another part of the YouTube channel is where they, they talk about all the books that come out on any given Wednesday. And he kind of gives like a hot take on it with his whatever, whoever, whoever he has with him on the show. And um, they kind of just like shit on books, um, which is like I'm not – it does not garner uh, love for a medium if it's just hate reading. I, I mean, I there's I don't think there's any way to disagree with that in the sense that, you know, look, we we're in a space right where sometimes we have to walk a tightrope a little bit. And I'm grateful that it's not just like, let's say just me. Right. Because if it was just me on pals pulls, I'm not going to stop saying that I don't like something just because if I say it, it's the only opinion on the show. I'm going to say the truth. And thankfully, there are times when I like Flash. I, you know, I've I've been on record as not liking that book, and Marco has really liked it. So people who listen to this show 
who want to hear good things about the Flash, they focus on what Marco says and dismiss me and vice versa. And that's the balance here. But, you know, this is a guy who's been a retailer for 30 plus years, who's deeply passionate about an industry that he profits from, hopefully, right? He has more skin in the game than we do. Ultimately, if this podcast ends, you know, we all do other things with our lives and it is what it is. This is what this guy has. And in his mind, whether he's right or wrong, but in his mind, the quality of the work is not as high as it used to be. And the fucked up part is that he's not the only person who's saying it. And he's not, in my opinion, and this is something that I definitely want to talk about if you guys disagree. But in my opinion, he's not coming from a comic skate place. I don't feel like he's saying comics are worse because of blacks and women and gays. He's saying, hey, I don't think the stories are written that well. He was more talking about writers who he feels self-insert into the stories and don't give the characters space to be who they are. And that's a different subject. But I don't feel like he was coming from a place of comics gate. And if he's not coming from there, then he deserves to be respected and heard out, even if you don't agree. I think so, so the the guy who posted the clip is a comics gate guy. Like the one that went went viral. Uh the the the, the people he added are clear comics gate stuff like the bleeding fool and stuff like that. Um so I right. think his message is being co-opted because this guy admittedly does not have Twitter. He's not on right. the internet like that. He just has YouTube that somebody else posts for him. He's just in the videos. Right. Um so I don't even think he's really tapped into that. But I think his message is being co-opted in a way that's uh, appealing to to those types, um, which is which is unfortunate. Because like one of the things, like I don't think it is coming from a, a belligerent um, kind of uh, uh, way. You know, like he even has a woman on the show on a show the same episode that the clip is from, where they're talking about Batman, and she like picks up Batman every every time there's a new Batman book, um, and they're both like not really into the current Batman run, but they still pick it up. Um, and there's no, he's not even like Batman explaining to this woman. Like, you're just talking. She's a regular, you can tell. He even gave uh, her a nice deal. Like, or he, this dude has coupons in the newspaper. Like, this is old school. Yeah, that was, he was that a, was he's crazy. a, that's the thing. That's, that is what also has upset me so much is that that piece of the video, right? The one that surfaced, it makes him look like what everybody says, what we have said on this show before, is exactly what you don't want from a retailer. But if you watch more, you can clearly see that this is a decent guy who loves comics. He loves his shop goers. And, you know, he just has an opinion that a lot of people in, in the Twitter verse and in our in our space don't agree with. I also think the Massachusetts uh, accent kind of uh, shades people's view. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I, I think he has misguided views. I, I do think there are misguided views. Like one of the things he talks about uh, on the Millar, uh, Miller time or whatever, Millar time. Um, show was that uh, you know uh, people didn't insert back when I read comics it was just a Peter Parker story it was just there was no uh, essentially the no politics in my comics you know uh, uh, talking point which is it a talking point with this guy because he doesn't really seem tapped online who knows um, which I think it's just a, a misguided and in, in a in a in a core misunderstanding of what you're reading um, that I think there are a lot of people who you know read comics at a younger age that have kind of kept that idea of what comics were when they read it to adulthood yes. without really reevaluating like, oh, 
even though this was a Marv Wolfman comic, it wasn't just superheroes. He, there, Marv Wolfman was self-inserting, you know. <laughs> Stan Lee was self-inserting. Ditko, self-inserting. Um, but just all those people were like you. They were all white dudes. So it didn't, it didn't read as that mm. because it, you're subconsciously not recognizing that it's a self-insert because you're already uh, uh, um, kind of – uh, uh, feeling like you're this character in a way and, and, and feeling like it. But now that you have a lot more points of view and different voices, that self-insert thing becomes more apparent because it's not you. Or it's, it's a little more unfamiliar. Yeah, exactly. That's I, okay. I, I, I'm inclined to give him even more grace than that. Um, because I didn't feel like it was even, he was even talking about race. I mean, he railed on Brian K. Vaughn before he got into this whole topic, I think he really was saying, you know, I don't like writers self-inserting. And I don't think that that was applying to any particular group of writers. I think what happens is when you're a kid, you don't know anything. Exactly. Yep. You're buying comics, right? You're reading them. They're great. You Back then, you hardly even knew necessarily who was writing the damn thing. If you're talking about, you know, 60s and 70s comics, the writer wasn't always like the way it is now. I think comics were probably even more based on the artist, if anything. Um, and so being able to recognize, oh, this is a self-insert. How would you know? Here's how we know. Here's how we know now, right? What would Captain America have been doing if Captain America was not created by the creators that Captain America was created by? I have an answer for that. If Captain America was created by somebody else, Captain America would look like ultimate Captain America. That is the self-insert. That's the difference between a, a one person or one group creating a character and another. Captain America punches Nazis. Is that not a self-insert? Sure. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, for, we for, know for, he's wrong. Created right? by Jewish men, you know? <laughs> right, created yeah. by Jewish men. He beats up Nazis. His primary villain is like a, a physical manifestation of Nazi hate. And he gets his ass beat. Mm. That's a self-insert, in a yeah. sense. It's Well, it's bringing yourself to the story. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the misconceptions in his argument, I feel like, is well, you can't always come into a conversation not expecting a person to bring themselves alongside it. Um, and uh, one of the things that I, I remember from, the, there's a, used to be this old uh, uh, podcast series and Glenn Ween came on an episode and he mentioned about how like there were an initial set of uh, fans, like the next wave of writers that came after the OG creators were of Len Ween's generation. They were just fans and there to tell stories because they really, really wanted to have fun. And uh, they would uh, maybe not necessarily insert themselves, but they would plug in the things that they wanted to see. They, they would they would carry their, their their own momentum that they had wanted to bring into the books from when they were younger in their fandom into the larger universes. And I think even that, to a degree, is an aspect of coming with yourself and inserting uh, a portion of yourself, of, of your identity, of your belief, of whatever that might be, but yourself into into a book. And there's a moment towards the end of the video where, and it's the only moment where I think in this case, uh, maybe he, I think he deserves a little flack where he he kind of has a back and forth with this one guy about Scotty Young. 
and he's like oh yeah but you know scotty young i never you know was never really big into it and then the the guy's like the the customer is like oh yeah i'm i'm a pretty big fan you know most of the you know i, I like the stuff they put out and then the guy goes uh the, the owner again oh yeah but you know most of his stuff's pretty bad and then the guy goes back he's like well i kind of like it and there's just like these things where instead of sort of facilitating a conversation he kind of plugs his opinion into the thing as a as as the owner um they likely have a rapport but if that were something new or somebody new that's a a, a dissuasion from wanting to engage wanting to potentially buy at the store and there's also a lack of explaining why things are bad um, <laughs> that sure. i think there's a lot in it like the one of the the comic book uh wednesday things that he was doing uh, he pulls out birds of prey and he opens it up and says man this art's bad which is wild to me <laughs> um to think that romero could be even considered bad art by anyone yeah. insane um, which I guess leads people to think like, oh, then what's the what's the common factor there? You know, well, women, women led book. I can see why people are making some um, parallels there. And I think I think Silva said it best in in, uh, in here that the parallels to, to culture war talking points is just super unfortunate. Um, and that's kind of how I feel, too. It's like he's being co-opted as our guy by people like EBS. And I don't think yep. he is tapped in enough to really know any better i don't, I don't want to like treat him like a kid you know but but like there is a bit of media literacy that i think is missing here um that is missing on the internet in general mm, um, like ability to dissect reflect yeah yeah um, but that see but that's not that is not a requirement for engaging with media and entertainment i agree i agree sure and if the guy, let's say, let's say for, I'm not saying this about him, but let's say that he's not very bright, right? I'm not saying that. Let's say it's true. Very Trump way of saying things. People are not saying it. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even feel that way. Um, but that doesn't, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? And, and he's, he's allowed to enjoy things and he's allowed to state his opinion about them, even if he's wrong or even if we disagree or whatever. I think what what is so upsetting to me is that people are seemingly unwilling to even have the conversation. And so, so many people took to Twitter to comment on Glenn's statements and this clip that surfaced. And I pulled aside some of those comments, but I want to discuss the general feeling. On the side of people who disagree with him, you have a lot of comic book creators, retailers, fans, etc. And some of them were very respectful. Some of them tackled the issue at hand. I got no issue with that. But a lot of them took the easy option of saying, well, I don't agree with you, so I'm going to discredit you by talking about your appearance and talking about, you know, uh, the fact that you're an old white guy and, you know, how could you possibly know what you're talking about and you're fat and this, that, and the third and posting memes about his appearance and things like that. This type of shit is why I think that so much of what we see on social media that's quote-unquote positive is toxic positivity. The second that someone says something that people don't agree with, they immediately attack their per their, their, their appearance, if they're not attractive, their intelligence, their things of this nature. What did this guy say that was so horrible that you need to call him a, you know fat and, and, and these things? 
That's not the way to do it. That's disgusting. And, and, and people should be ashamed. And they are. Because when I was doing research for this topic, so many of the comments about his appearance and things like that, the ad hominem attacks were deleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think what would be good like if you're if you're gonna you know d- debate lord this stuff um like just have a discussion i think one of the issues with the shop is that it, it tends to be an echo chamber is what i'm, I'm ga- ga- gathering from this shop um and those discussions about you know why he might be wrong or misguided don't happen there and maybe have that discussion you know he doesn't have twitter so he's not even gonna see this shit anyway you know um He's going to be hanging out with fucking Mark Millar on YouTube, which maybe not the best either because, all right. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's, – it's not, it's not a um, progressive way of going about things. What does it do? Again, this is where, where it's like being either, you know, that positive or just, you know, commenting on his appearance. Like it's, it's, it's not garnering any goodwill in any sense for anything. Yeah. But I think also it's it's uh, the idea that you can have that kind of conversation on, on social media. Like I don't think that that that's the place where those things happen. No. You, you can't. There's there's no room. There's there's no way to facilitate those things to facilitate a conversation, a dialogue. Um, so that's another place where I think people then go see this and go, well, this is you know uh, the this is the final point, and I'm taking it at that face value. And even if you do. What does that have to do with with the man's appearance? Sure. Why why do, why is everybody so ready to become such a degenerate when someone says something that they don't like? I despise I despise the perspective of Comicsgate. I am vehemently anti everything that they stand for. What I hate is that this discourse and what has happened made me look at some of the things that people who are Comics Gate were saying and going, unfortunately, in that specific way, they're right. And you should never, ever give space for those people to be right about anything. Every single person who went on social media to call him fat, ugly, a loser, this, that, and the third, and didn't address his points, you fucked up. But, yeah. but it's also like that that kind of stuff is what they're looking for, you know? Yeah, they, exactly. They, to, it, 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 they're looking to be like, well, you can't be wrong with me. You, you can't you can't disagree with me because then you look wrong. It's right. it's a it's a classic Internet tactic. So then rise above. What or, is wrong with these people? Just don't say anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's also the whole point where it's like maybe if you just like don't bring it up. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? We're doing it. Um, but you could also like not talk about it, <laughs> but we're having a, a discussion. Sure, yeah. We're, we're evaluating the merits of his argument. Yeah. I don't give a damn what someone looks like who makes a comment. What does well, it matter to me? And we're also not a slave to an out. Al- I mean, we are, but we're not the, the content of the show is not a slave to the algorithm that, you know, uh, uh, disparaging remarks might be a little more viewable because that's how the algorithm works there. Dude, I wouldn't do it. It's just not who I am. Yeah. You're either away or you're not away. Yep. And these people have to evaluate themselves. Everybody's talking about what this retailer needs to evaluate. I got news for you. If you think that that type of behavior is okay, you have to evaluate something. He don't have to evaluate nothing. He's working. He's doing a job. He's 60-plus years old. 
on the clock right now. Yeah. The one person that needs to reevaluate things is the guy in the video about to buy a $650 single pack of cards. <laughs> what was that? that I was, was like, yo, dude, what? That was crazy. Oh, man. Before we get into some of the, uh, the creator comments, um, I want to say thank you to everybody who is tuning in right now. You guys are great. A lot of you have shown up for this conversation. I love that so much. Make sure you are hitting that like button. We want to do a draft later, of course, uh, as we wind down the year. We've got some fun drafts planned for you guys. So let's get to 25 likes. I think we can we can nail that. Let's let's also hit some listener comments because uh, the chat is booming right now. And I know a lot of you have thoughts about this. So I want to give you your space. Let's start with uh, Christian Harriet, who is a channel member. Thank you so much. If you guys want to join the channel, just click the join button. Appreciate everybody that does that. He says, I have no history with Steve Rogers. So if you tell me his name is Mimi and he has a jello shield and I like the comic, <laughs> then I'm writing with Mimi. That's valid. Yeah, yeah. That's valid, but that's a personal feeling, right? And and that's where I'm at with, uh, with flash. I know history, but uh, at, at that point, you know, uh, Kale and the, the, the canon that lives for him is different. Uh, you know what? Give it to me. Take it. I'll read it. That's how I felt about uh, uh, the 90s Godzilla movie. Like, I fucking love that movie. But I didn't have any context for what Godzilla was, you know? It's just, it is what it was. Uh, good morning, Kingdom of Nerds. Good morning, Atomic Hound. You guys are great. Thank you for being channel members. Uh, go ahead, Tommy. One thing that, that I, when I was watching these, these set of videos is... Um, this makes me understand why Marvel keeps putting out those books that are like uh, oh, those old head books, you know? Yeah. Because who has the money? Like, I'm sorry. People my age and younger that I feel like a lot of these books might resonate for in terms of content. Bro, we're broke as shit. <laughs> we're, not, we're not able to even ponder the idea of a $650 pack of cards. So the people yeah. with the, the, the buying power are the ones who want to read Secret War. Secret War is the, you know, with the original black suit Spider-Man. They're the ones reading, you know, uh, the Daredevil, uh, 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 Armored Daredevil Armored, book that's yeah. out right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, like, it's a business, too. Like, it's it's tough, man. It's like a it's, business first. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One the, the owned by corporations who only care about the continual uprise of a, sorry, I'm on my soapbox. That's how my soapbox always goes. Um, Flo Dameron, you make a good point. Can't dismiss those opinions because sadly the market is so small. This is the demo. I say that constantly when these subjects come up, you know, um, it is what it is. The bet has been made. Um, I'm, I'm impressed says, and I'm glad you said this. He says, but Sean, you don't say you don't like flash because Sai is putting himself in the book or he's pushing some agenda. You just don't like it. Actually, I, I have to be honest. I've said I feel that it's ma a bit masturbatory. I've said that a lot about, you know, some of size work. And, and and I recognize that that's not the most uh, respectful thing to say, I guess. But it's genuinely how I feel. And I have praised other work of his that I thought was good. But I haven't enjoyed much of what I've read lately. And I think that, you know, there has to be space to criticize uh, things in a way that like I don't come on here and ad hominem attack the guy I, I got respect from as a person I'm just not really into the work but, but you explain why it's like you explain like oh I can't see the art because there's so many word balloons like there is actual critical analysis of why you don't like it as opposed to his art's bad 
Yes, right, absolutely. A, that is my responsibility to do that here. B, that's my character. I wouldn't just say, oh, this is bad, this sucks, and I hate it, bye. Um, but C, you know, this is a guy who's a, he's not trying to preach to the masses. You know, he's not necessarily trying to build up this great big YouTube audience. I interpret those videos as like there's a camera in front of his face and this is going to be posted, but he's not speaking with that like at the front of his brain. He's just rapping how he raps. Yeah. Yeah. And and we could talk about, you know, the responsibility factor or irresponsibility factor, if you want to say that. But in a lot of ways, it is his domain. And while I don't agree with what he said, I can't really tell him he can't say it. Especially if, again, this is his business and this is what I guess sells for where he's at and the, the people that visit, then he's going to, you know, he's going to lean on those things. Yeah. Um, I have one here from a uh, Nomis. Uh, Good name. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he needs to understand that comics being a monthly periodical and something that always reflects the zeitgeist of the times are an ever evolving concept with its characters and themes. And sure. I think that that's a, you know, a really good point, uh, especially for as, as new books, come out as new books will in the future come out that will continue to evolve. And I think having, I think wanting that static nature is probably you're, you're setting yourself up to get disappointed to some degree. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, but I think that's something that, you know, at least in this individual's case, we have people like atomic Hound, um, who said, you know, thank you. Atomic Hound said as someone who, has read literally 50 plus years comics are really about the same in terms of quality i find it amazing that as many are as good as they are right so here's someone who has grown and 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 you know gotten older and but has stayed connected and feels like hey the books are as good as they've ever been uh and it's amazing that so many of them are so good but we have another person who says i i just don't feel that way yeah. You know, and is the per and and I'm not casting aspersions against Hound at all, but is the per is the only person who can be right in a situation the person who's positive? Mm -hmm. And is it even about who's right? I don't even know that it matters. I think it's just about an opinion, and we're so quick to try to say who's right or wrong that we lose the discourse and the conversation. And I think that's important to have, um, especially when it's coming from someone who is in such a an important position in the industry as a retailer. Hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a need to have an end result, right? Like the, the agree to disagree is kind of invalidated nowadays for some reason. Yeah. I, I think it gets invalidated when it becomes personal attacks against people's identity. I think that's where it's like, all right, well then maybe you can judge the guy. I'm not saying this guy this guy hasn't done any of that that I've that I've seen. But if the discussion comes around with well you know that I don't I don't like, I don't like how much gay gay shit is in comics. Then I'm like, I think, like, I think then okay. Now the discussion's degraded, and yeah. <laughs> you're allowed to be pissed off with that person. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. If, if if someone is saying things that are just like, I mean, we, we know racist. Like if they're on CG time, screw them. You know, we're not into that. CG time. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, I I like to hear people's opinions, even if I don't agree with them, because that's what the world is, and that's how you get better as a person. Iron sharpens iron. You can't just dismiss everything you don't like. Um. Uh, Kingdom of Nerds says, I was a victim of the LGBT hate a few months ago from CG viewers of EVS just because I refused to engage with them on a panel and I left the stream. Yeah, and we've had our CG attack when we had Heather Antos on and 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 those people are very much 
the antithesis of what comics are about, have ever been about, uh, should be about, and they should be dismissed and treated like fools. But everybody else should have a place at the table because, you know, we're all earnestly engaging. And I think that that's important to differentiate. Um, I've, uh, I have one from Atomic Hound, uh, just because I like this one. Yeah. Uh, we have digital opinions in an analog world, I think, speaks to the fact that we, we we're ready to arm ourselves with points and uh, like bullet things out. But uh, it's, it's analog, it's a bit slower, you have to draw these things out, you have to have a conversation. It, it, it still brings up a good point too. like the agree to disagree thing. Uh, it's become totally normal to say it to a gay person. I understand how like that is probably uh, an alarm for people who have to hear that a lot uh, where they're used to having discussions that degrade. Um, sure. So it becomes why am I having a discussion anyway? Um, Look, because yeah, it's just it's so ever present. Look, man, I'm a black dude. All right. I know all about it. Wait, what? <laughs> right. The fact of the matter is that we're that's just not what we're talking about, right? Like in this specific case with this specific guy, until something surfaces that I don't know about, by all accounts, he's not that person. He's just a nerd that loves comics and has loved them since he was a baby, right? I like how you can say that non-derogatorily. <laughs> I'm a nerd, a nerd who loves comics. Yeah, like it, it's not – I don't think that's negative. Um, I agree. And I so, agree. Yeah. you know, hey – if it, on this show, if you, Tyler, say something about a comic that I don't agree with, I mean, shit, it happens with Marco all the time. Huh? You know, do I say, uh, fuck you, Marco, you Spanish person? Well, you know, you know Spanish after, yeah, after the, the show, of course. <laughs> it's, it's, no, uh, we move on with our lives. We agree to disagree implicitly. Like, we don't say it. We just agree to disagree. We move on with our lives. Why is it that we cannot do that here? I think if we're, ta if we're talking comic books, I agree. But I think it, when it becomes a larger discussion issue, I, I have some. I'm talking about this, that, this, yeah. this guy, exactly. this yeah. situation. Yeah. But I, I think there's a level of like in order to resolve a situation, once it, it gets to a place of development, it's of shame to get them into uh, a into a place where we would ideally want said individual. And I, I think that that becomes like uh, it, the reaction to this seems in line with that. It is, we'll look at his opinion, uh, shame him into a place of where he should be or he should regret the things that he's saying. Right. You guys are you guys are amazing today. You guys are killing the chat. So many of you showing up and watching. I love to see it. <laughs> nerd let's... roll call. <laughs> right. Everyone who's a nerd in the chat, let me hear from you. Let me get it. Let me get a, a, what, an F in the chat. What about the geeks and dweebs? We have a geek and dweeb representation here. Uh, I think Dweeb, but Dweeb nah. is still derogatory. That's yeah, that's rough. That's rough. Oh, yeah. I go, I go nerd. That's as far as I go. What's your? Just a Weeb with a D in front. Uh, the Dweeb became came before Weeb. It does. Oh, dweeb does not stand for Dweeaboo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear a little bit of the reactions from uh the from the creators and you know from social media. I, I got a few. You have the comments here. one. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, 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 cool. Uh, so Gail Simone, who I have loved throughout this entire process, said, this is a tiny clip of a much longer video. This gentleman has had his store 30 years. My hat is off to him, and I have watched his videos, and they're good fun. If, if this guy, Glenn, right, 
was the person that people are making him out to be, I'm pretty sure that someone like Gail Simone would see right through the BS because she always does. She's been the target of this shit her entire career. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's funny that Gail Simone would take up for Glenn considering the fact that she's one of the people who ruined comics. Get a grip. But at the same time, listen to what she's saying. This is a tiny clip of a much longer video. I have watched his videos and they're good fun. The guy had an opinion. She probably doesn't agree with him. Why would she? It wouldn't make any sense for her to agree. But she didn't focus on that. She chose to focus on the positive in this case and kept it pushing. He's not even here to debate. Who the fuck are you He's debating? He's on Twitter. <laughs> Smartly. Right. Um, like, God forbid, this God forbid you have a measured response to something. Exactly. Um, but then, then like the first response is the guy who posts the clip and he says, Gail, I said as much. Only people with pronouns and Ukrainian flags and their bios are trying to cancel. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, All right. whoa. That it took one reply for it to get there. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Someone was confused about what CG is. CG is comics gate. My apologies. Yeah, we they someone jumped in, in the chat. Okay. Um the owner of Acme Comics in North Carolina responded and said that in reference to Glenn's video is not who we are as comic book retailers. It may be a few who are and very likely who some were, but that is not representative of who we are. But 100,000 people saw it. We need those kinds of numbers behind positivity associated with the local comic book store. I agree with that. And by the way, every single week, Glenn's YouTube channel puts out those kinds of videos. Like they talk about comics and sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative, but they're talking about comics, comics that they love. We do that too. Sometimes we talk negatively, sometimes positively. That is called reality. Not everything is about being positive all the time. We're in a, we're, everybody's so positive that things are falling apart. But we're going to stay positive. Talk about the issues. It's the this is fine meme. Yeah. Right. Maybe what he's saying is not the issue. Maybe not. But when are we going to get real? When are we going to have a conversation? Things are not all, you know, roses. 9% of the North American comic book market is this. Sure. Yeah. 9%? Uh, this being the positive? The, the, the Western, you know, comics market. Oh, From oh. what I've read. I don't, maybe, it's a, maybe it's not a real statistic, but I read that everything else is manga and Dogman and, and all the Scholastic and everything else. Yeah, yeah. That's about, about right. Maybe a little bit more, but it's about right. So, so, so there is a conversation that needs to be had, and it's probably not one about positivity. It, it it's it's probably one about like, uh, I, I don't, but I don't even know if it's like a conversation to be had about the quality of book, right? Because I think I think ultimately, I feel like we we agree, and maybe here more so, we we agree that the state of comics from a quality perspective is growing, is improving continually because of the people that are that are coming into the industry. Yeah. And it's a it's about how to get those books into the hands of people who will w- want to consume them. Not because comics are hard to get into, but because they're uh, they, it is so accessible. It's easy to to fall in love with a thing. But why why is the blocker if there is a blocker, whatever that might be, preventing people from 
growing or preventing people from jumping into the uh, into the space. It, it is a bit of a scapegoat too, blaming creators, because yeah, the real 100%. issue I think is market marketing and formatting, um, sure. and a lack of real care from the big two because it's such a small piece of their pie. But that's a harder discussion to have, and it's also a discussion that you don't have control over as a shop, really. Um, right. And, and, and it, it sucks being a retailer because you have no voice, really. Like, this is the most retailer voice that's happened in comics in a while. Um, and you're, 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 uh, you're burdened by whether or not, you know, Marvel and DC actually want to put money into something. Right, support it. Yeah. Um, so Sil- Sylph says in the chat, um, I don't think that convo is what shop owners want to hear. They have to evolve into something new. I see that a lot. And I agree that, you know, definitely like this is a guy who probably would objectively benefit from, you know, looking at uh, his opinions and kind of evaluating them and seeing how they might conflict with his ability to sell books. But I don't assume that a shop owner doesn't know their audience. I assume they do. Hope I hope they do. You want to talk about evolution, though. How many shop owners have YouTube channels? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody's telling this guy, oh, you need to evolve and you need to, you know, have some different opinions and different ideas. This is a guy who, by hook or crook, has a YouTube channel that people are watching. He's got more subs than we do before this broke down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would also maybe look into the fly issue that seems to be at the shop and and uh, <laughs> the the clutter of everything. But like you can you can evolve elsewhere in the shop too. Yeah, one hundred percent. But in terms of doing things that are like modern, having a, a a YouTube channel based on your shop is, I mean, not not that many no. uh, retailers yeah. have it's it. Not common or have been able to make it something that's you know sort of successful. I gotta imagine he's gotten business from it. Oh yeah, and he's gotten uh, yeah. a. He said on the Malar show that he's gotten a, a thousand more followers on YouTube because of this yeah uh, makes sense. hopefully that's a good thing for him and hopefully it doesn't lead to the more unsavory types yeah um guiding well, him incorrectly i mean he he's still selling books at the end of the day and he still had that little like it was funny because he had like the littlest section of like all the new books it was in like one just uh set space and at the, everything at the else, back of the store know. yeah at the back yeah. of the store which i, I guess kind of makes sense right you want to like it's, it's like like milk, right? It's all the way in the back because you want to pass it, have everybody pass through the aisles. Yep. Um, but he's he's still purchasing those books. He's still getting them to sell to people. So I think even if this maybe not in the best light puts his store on the map, damn, good for him. There's also no evidence that he discourages people from buying books that he personally doesn't like. There's no evidence that he doesn't stock books that he doesn't like. That video, the conver- the what he was saying, that appeared to be a conversation that he was having with a patron of his store who he probably knows fairly well. That that was the impression that I got. So we're watching it and we're going, oh, my God, I can't believe he's, you know, uh, preaching this to the masses at his store. He's corrupting their minds. I'm not sure that that's what is actually happening in that video. Yeah, I'd agree. And and it's a new it's a newer book. It's it's something off of the the that those new releases shelves that he had. Yeah, it was a Ghost Rider annual that came out in October with the hood. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, Nomis says, I hope he was being genuine and not just starting static for more clips, clicks and subscriptions. I don't, I don't get the impression that he's even tapped into all of that. To be honest with you, I don't think he uploads it. I don't think he's checking the sub numbers. He's got a guy. I think he's got a younger guy that does that. Yeah. Yeah, Whoever the camera is. And honestly, his opinion on the hood is right. (laughs) He was absolutely (laughs) right on that. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm upset about the treatment of the hood too. Shit. You you were surprised when I brought up the hood, uh, Mac series, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The guy at least had taste regarding that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Rom V said, anyone who describes writing as, quote, you get paid to write the stuff we want has not a clue what writing is about. I don't know how many times people need to hear it. That is simply not how art or creativity works. And that is uh, an opinion that is absolutely correct also. No one gets to tell creators what they're supposed to create. Now, I'm not saying Glenn can't say what he said, but don't be surprised if a creator says, you know, fuck off. Sure. No, I feel like in, in that, that right, yeah. Like you're telling me what I should do, I'm telling you fuck yourself. That's <laughs> not saying you're a piece of garbage. I hate you. You look bad. None of that. Just I don't give a shit what you think about my creations because they're mine. Like, I get that. Like, didn't he call like Brian Kim on a piece of shit? Like yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. So like, if you're gonna give out that kind of energy, expect it back. You know, sure, yeah. If you but if you if you want smoke, you're gonna get smoke. I think sometimes expecting- is there space. Go ahead. I was expecting an insert uh, where somebody's uh, calling him a name. Is there a space for criticism of, of creators uh, and the work that's being put out? I think there is. I truly do. And I think that that's something that the industry also has to reckon with. Go read, go read comic book reviews. They're mostly just flat positive. Um, and there's not a lot of conversation that's like in, 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 intelligent about you know, the quality of, of, of books of late. Ask any anchor or letterer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a review. It's not even a, like a critique. Like it's, these are the things that happened. This person drew this thing. Cool. You're, uh, and I'm, and we have, we have experience with that. Like we get that, that that's, that's sometimes the output of that, but it's not of value a lot of the time. Dude, we, we did a book club of a certain book at a certain time. And we saw the creator, one of the creators behind that certain book at a comic book convention. And he was pissed. Pissed. He was pissed at us. Did Ice I the, cold. Did I get the interview at that point? Or was Hell that no, you didn't. You, it, was before, it was before you went up to him. You, you wanted to buy it. You bought his book. You wanted a, yeah. a, you know, a, a, a doodle in the book. Not yeah. a doodle. A, you know. And he gave you some shit. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, word. And he spent time on the, the guy in front of me. Like five minutes. That shit was done in a minute. He took out like a big ass marker. Enjoy. And you know what? That's fucking yeah. life. <laughs> and you know what? I, I'll take the heat. I like the book. The guys did it, but you know what? Fine. Fair enough. Yeah, but you know what, dude? That I, I, I want to say, man. As a creator, if you are <laughs> looking at yourself online and what people think of your work, I, I think you will go crazy if you take that personally. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't take it to heart. It's 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 of your work, and I know you bring you people bring themselves into their work, but it's a it's it's through a medium. That's that's a film, right? It's a layer of you. It is not you that you've laid out onto something in in some sort of express expressive way. Uh, you you've developed some sort of aesthetic solution to something that you needed to talk about. Put it out there. 
but that's not you, dude. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes the art is the person. You know, I think sometimes it yeah. is. Um, and I think, you know, we can't, I don't think it's possible to be dispassionate about your work unless it's some work for hire stuff that you just simply literally don't care about. Um, but I, I, I look, I don't, I don't begrudge creators for self insert. I bet you if we really genuinely asked most people, most creators, like how much of yourself is in this, they would say, Oh, I'm here and here and here and here. They might be in the theme. Yeah. They might be in a character that's not the main character. You know, they might be the villain. That villain might be speaking to things that they actually think about but don't want to say because they can't. Or they're working through something through the villain or whatever. We don't know all the mechanics of that. What happens is you see a book like uh, I'm Not Starfire, I think it's called, by Mariko Tamaki or I, I might be. I might be that's um, the YA one, right? Yeah, 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 the YA one. And people look at that and they go, oh, my God, that's you. I don't want this. You shouldn't do this. This is wrong. I mean, if she wants to do it, let her do it. What do you care? Don't buy the damn matter. thing. There are matter. kids out there who will read that, you know? Right. I shit on the Century book this week. because Not because it was a self-insert. I don't know the writer. I think it was, his name was Jason Liu. I have no idea what his life is like or who he is. But I didn't like, I didn't like the slant at all. But guess what? I'm just not going to read it ever again. Yes, I came on here and I... And I talked about how I didn't like it and, you know, how I didn't like what they did with the century and stuff like that. But my life goes on. You know, I'm just not going to read it anymore. That's what you have to do. Um, I just saw the number 40 viewers right now, which is a beautiful thing. You guys are fantastic. It's been, dude. I hit like 43, I think, earlier. Yeah. Um, we have a Pete, Pete yeah. Collins in the chat. Thank you, Pete. Pete of the Bardic Verses, who we love. We love that book. Go pre-order that uh, from your LCS so you can get the uh, the collected version. It's great. He says, as a creator, you have to have thick skin. No one will 100% love yourself, love your stuff, and that's okay. I completely agree with that. That is the best way to put it, and I that's that's just it. That's it. This, uh, this message from Nomis too. Back in the day, any and all critiques of the comic books came from the, reader, from the readers were just on the letters page. The only and the only people who follow the book read it. Now it's all over the web, and so many can read it. and And I think that's a that's a good point because then you formulate your opinion before you give the book a shot. And I think that's harmful to the value of an individual book, or to um, uh, or if you want to build some kind of like popularity around it, it, like go read it. Maybe maybe you'll enjoy it. I think there's value to the reviews, but um, I think that it's a good point that before you'd have people in the letters page be like disagree or disagree disagree or agree yeah and and just like honest discourse is erased from our society um uh, let me push things a little forward because we got to talk about the mark miller of this mark miller who we're going to talk about again a little later because he's moving his whole uh catalog of books over to dark horse Ooh. Happy timing that this happens at the same exact uh, time that this uh, this video is circulating. And he jumps into the fray, self-insert, if you will, and decides that uh, he's going to interview Glenn and, and sort of, you know, co-opt the conversation. And so uh, Miller said, I was so appalled at the way a comic retailer was being harassed and bullied by a digital mob this week just for saying 
comic books are going in the wrong direction, I had to talk to him. Here's my interview with Glenn O'Leary from this afternoon. As you can tell from the interview, Glenn is just a really decent guy who has 30 years experience as a comic retailer and a genuine passion for comics. To see him harangued as he was this week is, I think, a watershed on what readers will regard as acceptable in the industry. I agree with absolutely every single word that Mark Miller just said. Absolutely. Here's the problem. Okay, I knew there was a but. (laughs) A, I feel like Mark Miller has an ulterior motive. I think he always does. And I think he knew that this is a hot button issue that he wants to jump onto. The other thing I think is that we see, if you go to that tweet, it's still up. If you go to the tweet, you look at those comments. I'm looking at it right now. JDA, John Del Rose, Aras, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, oh. yeah our buddy. Leonard's <laughs> uh, Diaz. Jumped onto this and said, thank you for all you do, Mark. And Mark responds, we've all just had enough of this. People need to call this kind of behavior out now as a matter of course. Okay. Maybe he doesn't know who JDA is. I'll give him grace. Then Ethan Van Skyver said, terrific job, Mark. Thank you. I feel like you might be the only one who can destroy this evil. That's what it is. It's killing comics. I'll get more eyes on this interview right now. To which Mark replied, cheers, bud. Which maybe, maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know. No, no. The, the cheers, bud is a clear distinction. He knows. Because the cheers bud is EVS's kind of sign off whenever he wants to be toxically positive. <laughs> is that true? Do look at EVS's feed. It's cheers bud everywhere. He's got shirts that say it. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that, but I already felt like this just was Mark flirting with something really dark. Um, and, you know, all stuff about the discourse and the retailer side, this is the line. And I think Mark Miller has crossed the line. Did, now, granted, he didn't do anything with these people. It's not like there's a, it's not like there's a Mark Miller EVS, you know, comic book coming out or whatever. But in my opinion, if you don't choose to shut down what the real evil is by not engaging with these kind of people or or outright saying this is not okay, these kind of people are not okay, then I mean you're 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 kind of you're kind of uh, you know tacitly accepting what it is that they do yeah it's it's and like literally you can go into evs's replies and tweets within the last 24 hours that are quite literally women are destroying comics like i have them up yeah yeah it's it's so if you're agreeing with something like you're complicit in it at that point this is what evs said and this was in response to uh heidi mcdonald who runs comics beat who is probably the closest thing we have to a comic book historian in, in comics currently well, we've got we've got a few, a couple, um, but yeah, she's one of the best. But she's up there, and she's been in the trenches for many, many, many years. I love Heidi; she's phenomenal. This is what EVS said: Twelve years ago, you badgered Dan Didio into allowing more women into DC Comics. Most women don't know how to write comics for its primarily male audience. They believe male power fantasies are sexist and stupid, and their attempts to write superhero comics reflected that. Here's where we are today: Real- retailers are going out of business and shuttering their doors. A lot of this is your fault, Heidi. I can see why you're so defensive and why the gaslighting must carry on. Wow. What the fuck? Well, at least they know it. And, uh, though, and the worst part is that they're fucking aware. They know that. Uh, 
It's like a total. Anacenti. <laughs> yeah. Luis Simonson. Gail Simone. These are people that have been in the industry far longer than what he's talking about. Dude, Jeanette Kahn. We did the, we did the whole Kahn. thing. About I was her. just, oh, please. Yeah. Please. Don't even get me fucking started on how he could disrespect women in comics and say that that's a new thing when Jeanette Kahn probably has more to do with DC being saved by being eaten up by Warner than any other person. Which then is what made EVS famous. <laughs> right. We wouldn't know his name if it wasn't yeah. for the fact that he did, you know, the work he did at DC. Yeah. It wasn't because of Cyber Frog that EVS got popular and famous. And if that was all he had done, it would never have happened. And, and the whole thing of like these people, these people um, coming to the side of this retailer or, and then to hawk their books that have nothing to do with retailers or even have retailer incentives is wild. Yeah. I like to imagine the, um, the in, in that same video, uh, he's like, oh, you know, go, go make your own, uh, create your own comic and no one will buy it. And imagine he's like, just go make Cyberfog and no one will buy it. You're good. I I really, really would love for Mark to come out and just say that this is not what he's into. I yeah. really, really would. I don't think he will. It is what it is. You know, everybody chooses their side in life. And I guess he's sort of going that way. Mark has chosen the side of money. And that's been evident yeah. for a while. Wherever the money comes from, he's he's cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, look, guys. This is an industry that is in a weird spot. You know, is it dying? No, I don't believe it's dying. Uh, is it on life support? I don't even believe that necessarily. No. But I do think that there are conversations to be had about where we're at. I don't think that, like, if you don't think that comics are very good right now, like Big Two stuff, okay. I don't know that I totally disagree with that, quite frankly. I read a lot a lot of comics that I'm not that into. Um, and then I stop buying them, hopefully. I mean, you guys know my stack. I <laughs> don't stop buying it. <laughs> um, but whether you think the comics are good or not, that's up for debate. That's that's interpretation, right? Yeah. I don't personally think that if comics were like, if 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 everybody thought that comics were great, I don't necessarily think that the industry would be in that different of a place, um, because that ignores a lot of other factors like price, price, comic book shops closing, you know, different tastes, the economy, yada yada yada. I don't think it's a surprise that you know the, the economy is where it's at and comics are where it is at. Yeah. Um I am asking, I mean I can't I can't talk to the world. I can talk to you guys. I can talk to the people that, you know, listen to this podcast. And I ask that we keep things positive in the sense that we're honest about what we feel, in the sense that we're respectful in our honesty, which I don't think that Glenn was respectful. I think he could have made his point in a more respectful way. Especially what he said about Brian Cavon. That was wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, that's in Massachusetts. I don't... 
Yeah, right. Like, and it's not. I'm a New Yorker. A I have, like, I'm, 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 I'm a Yankees fan, so that's you know, like in the grand scheme of things, there's worse things that could happen than someone calling you a piece of shit, right? Like, let's not compare him to EVS. EVS uh, said disgusting things about Mark Brooks that I will not repeat. I, I cannot. I don't even know if we'll get demonetized for saying those things. Hmm. There's a difference, but Glenn could have been more respectful. So, you know, saying what you have to say with respect. Buy what you love and support it and spread the gospel of comics. I think that's all anyone has to do. You know, if you want to be a part of a positive movement that's not toxically positive, then that's it. And if you see something you don't like, you don't need to harass people. You don't need to jump on social to shit on stuff. You can kind of just call it a day on that and move forward. But there's nothing wrong with being critical about things that you love and are passionate about. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of the cause, I think. That's a part of the call. Yeah, I, it's it's necessary. It's necessary for this, especially for such a, a small industry. You need to have those ardent fans who can really get behind a book uh, to do the promotion, even because that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna know that a book is out there is good is. When enough people read it, enough people talk about it, because the creators are the ones doing their own marketing. So it needs the the support of people in this industry. Yeah. And uh, Nomis in the chat says, hey, as somebody, as someone who has been reading comics for over 50, 45 years, the industry and retailers have been here before and even in a worse position than today. Yeah, 100%. He, all, he followed that up with, I saw the DC implosion and even Marvel file for bankruptcy. The industry will evolve and get through this time. And I agree with that. I completely agree with that. We did a lot of coverage on the DC implosion that you guys can check out. Um, and 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 yeah, they, they've been in dire straits before. I'm sure most people thought the industry was done in the 90s and we're still here. Yeah. Superhero comics and big two comics are such an ingrained piece of Americana that I don't think they can go away. They will change and the form of it will be different and it might read differently, but I don't think comics will ever go away. Yeah no way and especially not the superhero stuff i think yeah to your point it's a mythology now continues and uh to nomis to nomis's point i appreciate the the positivity like the, i'm sure similarly this guy uh i keep reading his name glenn glenn um, yeah has is probably on on maybe a, a bit more jaded side of where the industry nets out and you know to, to think that this is for him calling the doom doom and gloom of the industry as opposed to similarly somebody who's been through it and says they've been in worse spots. We'll, we'll make it out of this. It's only up from here. I think it's a good perspective. And that jadedness is even more so when it's your livelihood. Like, yep. sure. we can be yeah. jaded about comics, but we're fine. Yeah. Um, like, we can just be like, all right, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm done. But this guy really can't. Technically, yes, he can, but like, no, he can't. <laughs> I, think, I think squirrels are still writing, so. <laughs> I like that was good. <laughs> Yo, somebody should come out with a scroll comic book. Oh, dude, I started doing uh, collaging. Oh, my God. With the... Yo, I can't wait. Can't wait You're destroying you art, Marco. No, dude, I'm repurposing. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing as I'm sampling. That's all it is, baby. Okay. We have a lot more show to do. I have a major announcement to make. 
Major, major announcement. Major? Major, huge announcement. Major key. Major e announcement. Everybody's going to want to hear this. So don't go anywhere. I also want to tell you about patreon.com slash the comics pals, where if you enjoy these kind of conversations, if you like us, you know, tackling what's going on in the industry and coming to you honestly and earnestly with our thoughts and feelings, that is the best way to support us. Uh, we put up, you know, the book club poll every every month, which you get to vote in and decide what book we're going to read. Um, there's a lot of, of, of things that are on offer on our Patreon page. Uh, we give a nickname, a superhero nickname and a shout out on the show to people who subscribe or who support us on a certain tier there. Um, so I want to say a special shout out to the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound, and Starcross Catherine Stars. I also want to thank the Night Stalker, Harris Dijinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Catfish the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marvelous Mike and Mackenzie, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, and Amen Almighty Perez. If you want to join the Palsverse, you can do that on patreon.com slash the comics pals. I want to also thank our channel members who have been phenomenal. I see the green names in the chat. If you want a green name, if you want emojis, someone put the emojis out, please. Someone in the chat, drop the emojis if you got them. Um, if you want those, if you want uh, early access, to some evergreen videos that we've been putting up that, you know, we would love for you guys to support and check out, uh, then join us on the channel membership side of things. Thank you very much. Watch this show live every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for pals pulls. Uh, and youtube.com slash the comics pals is where you can become a channel member. Click the join button and also vote in our community poll on the community tab. Speaking ahead, of poll. Did we do oh. the uh, the superhero names? Did I miss that? Yeah, I just did it. Okay, I was typing. Sorry. Yeah, we can end the poll. I put up a poll uh, earlier in the show. Do you think Glenn's opinion about the state of comics is wrong? Okay, okay. 36% uh, of you said yes, he is misguided. But 64% said no, I agree with some of his points. Wow, very measured response. Okay. I like that. I like that. You guys get it. You guys get it. I appreciate you. Now, the announcement in question. Next week, the show will not be at 10.15 a.m. because we have moved the time for a very special guest. We are being joined. We are closing out the year, our final guest of the year, most likely, with none other than the head honcho of Ghost Machine, the writer of Geiger, Junkyard Joe, Flash, Aquaman, you name it, Jeff Johns will be returning. Go ahead, Marco. Beep, 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 beep. To the comics, pals. And, and we might actually have another special guest that is new to the show, who's never done our show before, who I think you guys will be very excited about. Yet to be announced and confirmed. So that's going to be at 12 p.m. EST next week. So mark that down. We're going to have a different start time next week because we're going to be joined by Jeff Johns. If you have questions for Jeff that you want to submit about Ghost Machine, about the books he's done, what's coming up, submit them. We're going to prioritize questions from channel members, patrons, and super chatters that day. Um, hopefully you guys understand the reason why. We love you all, but we get limited time with some of these people. and We got to make the most of it. We want to get our shit in too, okay? Um... Yeah, but brother. it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think you can expect to see uh, more of us with uh, with Jeff and the Ghost Machine folks. So this should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys come out and support it. It's always a good time. Always a good conversation. Yeah. What a way to end the, to end the year, right, with Jeff Johns? Yeah, right. Two, two shows before the end of the year, right? Yep. Dang, look at that. Also, also, we like to end the, the year in a specific way. So the Pallies are coming. That is our annual award show. We talk about the best comics of the year, the things we loved, and we give away awards. So we're going to be doing that. Get to thinking. Start thinking about your favorite books of the year, your favorite number ones, your favorite creators, so that everybody can partake. It's going to be fun. What should we we should put out we should put out a list uh, uh, onto onto the Discord. I'll and work that, on that, and that'll be Ooh. on the uh, December thirtieth show, correct? So the last show of the year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're gonna do our predictions as well. So cool. we're, we got a lot. Oh. We got a lot. Our twenty twenty four predictions, and we're gonna go over our twenty twenty three predictions and see who was all the way the fuck wrong, and who <laughs> wins the annual uh, award, which I have won every year. I still say it's rigged, but it's I, not, I how could it be rigged? It's just like his dice. Yeah, how could it be rigged? Loaded. Somehow we did, it's loaded. We, we did them last year. I don't have ESP. I can't predict a fucking I future. I don't have ESPN either, but it's whatever. <laughs> well, I yeah, got I have. I got. I don't have basic cable. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me let me get to some comments. We got a lot more show to do. It's it's so much fun hanging out with you guys every Saturday. Um. A lot of, lot of love for the Jeff Johns announcement. You guys rock. Thank you so much for being excited about that. Um, Sanji, I wanted, to, I wanted to reply to something that Sanji had said. It was just a, just a compliment about the amount of people that we have supporting us right now. And, yeah, uh, it was earlier. He said yeah, 40 thank, people. Yeah, thank you. Um, so excited for Ghost Machine, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> C.W. Gordon, been genuinely looking forward to the Pallies. I love End of Year Awards. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Amon Perez, Sean cosplay as Jean Grey. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. I need to see it. It is like not. Swap in I comics. need this. I don't care. Full wig. <laughs> Get that lace front going, Sean. Let's go. <laughs> I live next to the George Washington Bridge. Like pretty close to it. I would sooner jump off <laughs> than cosplay as Jean Grey. So no voguing. No voguing. Okay, okay. None well, whatsoever. Well, then. Not going to be happening. You know, there are a lot of comic book creators, or rather, comic book fans, who are stuck in the past. You know, they love old comics. And uh, this show, you know, is getting up there in, 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 in years and in number. So we've got a new segment that we've been doing here called This Episode in Comics History, where I take a look at the past of comics but only comic books that are at the number, the, the issue number that matches our episode number. So this is episode 373. Yes, we are old. Don't judge us. And so we looked at some comics that are fra- that, that reached 373 and what was happening there. The first one is actually a listener submission. I'm so glad we got one of these so quickly. And it comes from Atomic Hound, who is a tremendous uh, person and supporter. And he nominated Adventure Comics number 373. Now, I only know about Adventure Comics because of the DC Implosion coverage that we did. 
Um, and that's how I found out about this book. But otherwise, I don't know anything about it. And it actually predates the explosion by quite some time. But be that as it may. Tyler, did you want to read Atomic Hound's words on this? Uh, yeah, I can read that. Uh, yeah. So we have here on 363. So Atomic Hound said, Adventure Comics number 373 from October 1968. Covered by Neil Adams, story and layouts by Jim Shooter, and art by Wynn Mortimer. Wynn Mortimer might be one of the best names in comics I've heard. Um, <laughs> the debut Wynn of the Tornado Twins. What happens when a pair of mysterious twins show up and start upstaging a legion of superheroes? Who are they? Where do they get their powers? Considering their last name is Alan, does that end? Does an answer flash through your mind? Ha ha! As a newly minted Flash fan, Marco, I think you can get that reference now. Oh, that's right. Uh, what's his name? Quick Boy or something? Oh, motherfucker! I didn't know shit about this. I didn't know these characters. I thought they looked pretty cool, though. Uh, the Tornado Twins, and so I uh, I did a little bit of digging to fill in my blanks. Um, and I found that they are the children of Iris West and Barry Allen. What? Yeah. That's exactly who they are. And their last appearance was actually not that long ago. I'm like, wait a second. These, I've never seen these people. Go ahead, Tyler. Let's see if you got it. Did they show up recently, like this summer after, uh, in the Flash Minute War or something? Well, according to fandom.com, no. According to Phantom.com, their last appearance was actually the Flash 762, which dropped in November of 2020. That was actually the last issue of the Williamson run on the Flash. Oh, deep pull, huh? Yeah. Yep. Oh, damn. I remember this cover. 762? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what the information that I have in front of me. But I gotta I gotta pause this because I need this. I just got this this right now. It came through. Pete Collins joined our patreon thank you so much uh at the uh at the uh the ten dollar tier um dude that is incredible that's that's so i'm so grateful for that um you don't have to do that but i really appreciate it that's the i shall become a pal tier for those of you who might be interested really really appreciate that buddy thank you pete the bard collins oh boy oh we're gonna yeah yep yep that's gonna be fun. Might even pass that off to Tyler. That feels like it's in your wheelhouse. Ooh, I can come we're gonna, one, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but really, thank you so much. Amin Perez says that uh, Tyler is right with that one. They did show up in Flash issue eight hundred. Oh. I am more into it than fandom.com. Wow. Okay. Man, Get better mods, people. Someone <laughs> needs to update that. Then step it up. Someone needs to update that. Maybe uh, Tyler, you should jump on fandom.com and update that. Big pass. <laughs> <laughs> although Fair i have enough. been thinking about like trying to come up with an app that's letterbox for comics but I, it, it is on the back good. I, I i pulled another one though i pulled i pulled another 373 because i thought it was interesting and this is detective comics 373 and it's so crazy to me that detective comics 373 came out in 1968 what like damn damn simultaneously the same year as the Metro comics. So like the, yeah. I guess they were contemporary huh. action too. action. Action. Older action was point. another, uh, it was also 373. It was another option. I just didn't opt for it yeah. this week because I thought that detective would be more appealing to us. And it's only because 
So so I'm sure Tyler has the cover of this up on the uh on the on the YouTube. And it's Batman frozen in a block of ice being pushed off a off a building by Mr. Freeze. What's interesting about this is that this Mr. Freeze doesn't look anything at all like what we associate Mr. Freeze with. Yeah, he's got a some kind of a freeze ray, and yeah, he's got a helmet, but it otherwise he looks like a completely different character. My man is wearing a green outfit. Uh, it's not really like a super villainy costume. Um, and this is actually the debut of the Mr. Freeze name. What he wasn't even called Mr. Freeze before this appearance. Uh, his original name was Mr. Zero, and now he's Mr. Freeze. That's kind of cool, Mr. Zero. Yeah. What the slide broke, but I I brought it back. I brought it back. So this was oh good. People need to see this. This was written by Gardner Fox with pencils by Sheik Stone, inks by Sid Green. These are creators that I've never even heard of. I mean, I've heard of Gardner Fox, but that's it. And it's the it's this is essentially the the debut of Mr. Freeze. This is a weird. Yeah, go ahead. The way Batman looks here is how I feel. Uh, in December, and I still haven't taken up my AC yet. Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> just frozen every night because I'm lazy. Oh, I do it because I I die in the heat otherwise. Dude, this is so classic, and like it's such a ridiculous co- uh, comic book too. Like Batman gets pushed off of off off the uh, the edge of this building by Mister Freeze. He's completely frozen in ice. His heat you know, item, whatever that would thaw him out was, was turned off right before he got frozen. So it's like, Oh my God, how will he survive? And somehow he does. And Robin asks him, Hey, how did you get out of the ice? And Batman says, well, no one knew this, but I rigged the device. So when they turned it off, they were really turning it on. That's so, that's so cheesy. and, And like of that time. And also like, Mr. Freeze knocking down a frozen solid thing of ice from a height this tall. Like the guys know how satisfying that would be when it crashes, you know? <laughs> you know, we just want to throw something off a bridge to see what the sound it makes. Hell yeah. Dude, look look at the glee on his face. Of course he's I'm happy. with him. I'm with this Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I'd be happy too. Phenomenal. Um, I love it. Let us know if you're enjoying the segment. Let us know if you have suggestions for 374 because we'll be, well, we might not be able to actually get to that next week because we'll have Jeff. But uh, let us know anyway. As we roll right along and get into the news, we talked about Mark Miller earlier and uh, we've got to talk about him again because Mark Miller is moving the Miller World catalog. To Dark Horse Comics. Huh. That, yeah, that came out this week. Uh, of course, all of his books have come out through Image over the last you know couple of decades at this point. All of his like non Big Two work, um, and you know Miller World Banner Image Publishing. Uh, Miller World was acquired by Netflix, um, and they've put out you know some of that stuff. Quite frankly. That hasn't really gone too well. I think we can all agree to that. You know, we saw the Jupiter's Legacy show that didn't really um, connect with people. Yeah. Super Crooks, which I didn't even tune into. I didn't bother with that. That was oh, actually did that come good. out? Yeah. It was, it's an anime. 
Oh, wait. No, oh, it's it's pretty decent, actually. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I feel like nothing manifested out of that whole venture. Or nothing that, like, knocked people's socks off. No. No. Nothing that's really connected that much with people. Um, Look, I haven't... I'll be honest. I read every Mark Miller number one. I, I read them all. I think that the dude has done a lot of really great work. Um... And I love a lot of it, but I don't continue with a lot of the newer stuff. Yeah. I've had a hard time. I haven't finished a Mark Miller book. I could, I genuinely truthfully could not tell you the last one I actually finished like the whole run reborn. I didn't finish it. Oh, did you not? It was good. I didn't finish it. It was really good, but I didn't finish it. It it was only seven issues. I know. Which is saying something. (laughs) I think the last one I finished was probably like Huck. Oh, that was a long ass time ago. Seven, eight years ago? Yeah. Um, also like seven, eight issues. Even Big Time. Like I read Big Time one, one number one. I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Have I read any more Big Time? The answer is game? no. Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I thought the first one was solid. I did. I bought the second one and I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, This is a move that you know, we can't really, we don't really know the motivations behind the move necessarily. Um, maybe the relationship with Image soured. Maybe Dark Horse offered him a better deal. We really don't know. Um, but we've seen we've seen Bendis do this as well. Bendis moved around his Jinx World stuff a couple of times, more than a couple of times. It's actually been at every publisher that he's worked for. Um, so this is really, you know, fine, I guess. Hats off to Mark um, for this. But to be honest, I'm probably at my lowest point with interest in his work. It's been five years since 2017. No, six years. Oh. I wonder if it's not like a contract thing where you know they only have it up to a certain point. With an option to renew, probably. If, if yeah, right, be, yeah. yeah. He's just like, eh, actually, maybe not. Or maybe they said no. Who knows? Um, um, cool. Ooh. Sorry, Tyler. Okay. I actually might have a, a bit of in, a good information that I didn't catch initially. Breaking news. Uh, Bleeding Cool's article has a little bit more detail. Or maybe it's more fair to say speculation. Rich Johnson said, quote, I'd been hearing some rather grouchy noises from folks at Image Comics about Mark Miller of late, possibly regarding some, no- some of the notes he'd made about how people who had gone off to do creator-owned comics should return to Marvel and DC for a run or two to help save the comics industry. Ah, so maybe, maybe what Mark Miller has been saying all these months about people returning to Marvel and DC has burned a bridge with image. And just maybe this tinfoil hat, I'm not saying I'm right. Maybe that was deliberate. Maybe working with Dark Horse, he can get a little bit more leeway about where he can and cannot work. Oh, interesting. I thought he just wanted to actually have his books printed on actual good book quality because Dark Horse is good at a hardcover. But but Image Image never blocks people from doing work. No. Oh, I don't think there's any expressly stated Image um, exclusive contracts. No, there there definitely are. Yeah, there absolutely. Oh, I guess Ghost Machine it would be something similar because yeah, yeah. Brew Baker and Phillips, right? True. Yep. There was one more that got recently announced that was announced like a year or two ago. You're right. I just can't recall. But yeah. um, there are there are 
We don't know Mark's contract. I'm not saying that that is his contract. I don't know. That was total speculation on my part. But it's just interesting that Mark's been beating this drum so hard lately. Rich says that he hears these rumblings, and now the relationship is severed. So is this a chicken or egg situation? Is it? Is it he makes these remarks, pisses off image, now he's not renewing the contract? Or is it Mark wants out of the contract, starts saying stuff he knows will piss people off, mm. then this happens? There's always wheels within wheels with Mark. So you, you yeah. never really fully know what the real agenda is. But the real and, agenda and, is to c- connect with Matthew Vaughn to put out a new movie. <laughs> and make, and make yeah. as much cash as possible. Yeah. That man has so many angles. Call him Mirror Master. You're really flash-pilled today, aren't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just going to move. I'm going to move along from that, Marco. Uh <laughs> We, we spent a lot of the early show talking about a retailer's opinion on comics. We've got another retailer to talk about a little bit who had some interesting things to say from a different end of the spectrum. This retailer wrote to Bleeding Cool and uh, insisted on anonymity. And so they are not referenced in any way other than mystery retailer. And so we will, we will uh, continue that. Um, so I'm going to read some of their words. Quote, it's important to know that comic books are not dying. The narrative is completely false. Are the majority of direct market stores facing challenges or worse? Yes, absolutely. I think it will shock you to know that while that is the case, and many stores are experiencing dropping sales, overall orders for periodicals are stable. And this is not the worst time in history. But pricing, discounts, and distribution are the biggest challenges facing the direct market today. It's exactly what I was saying earlier. There are a lot more problems than quality in comics. And pricing is probably at the tippy top of that. But I think the angle and the explanation that Mr. Retailer gives for some of this stuff is things that people don't know about or think about. And so that's why I really wanted to dedicate a little bit of time to this. So hopefully you guys will give me some grace. Here we go. Quote, let's start with pricing. I'm sure your first reaction and the common argument is that periodicals are too expensive. I don't think anyone can argue with that. However, a mentor of mine, who has owned a comic book store since the 50s, once told me every time Marvel and DC raised their prices, sales increased. I don't know if this is a psychological reaction, but historically, according to him, this would happen. Slowly, for at least 15 years, there's been a business strategy in the direct market to offer significant discounts off the cover price of periodicals and collected editions through online ordering. While brick-and-mortar stores have been fearful that online selling would destroy physical stores. It didn't happen right away. It has happened slowly, and it's not simply a case of availability. It's 100% because of discount comic book sellers. It's a point I've made a million times on this show, especially during COVID. Uh, wait, repeat that? So he's – or clarify? He, he's I'm, saying – He's yeah. going to clarify. So okay. I'm just going to quote. We can even determine who, in fact, is directly benefiting from this practice. It would be the two largest direct market retailers in the United States. That's Discount Comic Book Service slash InStockTrades.com slash DCBServices.com and Midtown Comics. DCBS has a brick-and-mortar store presence, which was closed in 2017, and Midtown has three stores in New York. These two companies alone command and dominate the direct market. They sustain the direct market by themselves, and that's why overall order numbers aren't down but redistributed to these two multi-million dollar retailers who use the tactic of deep discounting periodicals and collected editions not only 
to increase sales, but also attract brick-and-mortar direct market store customers who feel cover prices are too high. DCBS offers 40% off DC and 36% off Marvel periodicals and collected editions. The publishers know this practice is taking place, but like in all businesses, your your top customers will always get some type of favoritism. Publishers directly benefit from these two entities dominating orders. Retailers are not oblivious to it. Okay. I can see how maybe that didn't fully clarify what he's talking about. So I'll quickly add the clarification. He is saying that for people who buy comics on a regular basis, you're silly to buy them from your your LCS over one of these online retailers because they're offering you such a deep discount. I must be an idiot. I go to Midtown and I buy my books every week at cover price. But if I wanted to, if I didn't, I could buy them online, get them sent to my house, and spend a fraction of what I pay. Oh. Not only that, Tyler knows about it. I'm sure many of our, our, our audience know about it. If you want to buy a trade, if you want to buy a graphic novel or an omnibus, are you buying it from your LCS? If you do, you're nuts. Because you, you could spend $125 on a Marvel omnibus, or you could go to any number of websites that offer half price. It, it becomes a uh, an issue where, like, if I'm at a local comic book shop, I will only ever buy a trade sometimes if, like, my rapport with the person there is really good. And it's like, I oh, I want to support the shop. But most of the time, it's like a shop, more of a window shopping for me to put in an in-stock trades order. Because I like yeah. collecting Marvel Omnibuy. I'm not paying 200-something bucks for it. It's stupid. Know? Yeah. Like, and I'll usually do those in chunks, too. Where, like, I can buy... I bought like earlier this year. I bought like two Omnibuy and a couple of collected of things, and it was like a hundred bucks altogether. It's yeah, a good deal. And 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 I think because it's such a good deal, I think it makes it, it probably incentivizes people to read a bit more. Um, Sylvan the in the chat says, you know, not gonna lie, I like discounts. Most of my money goes to paying creators. I don't have a lot of free money before the campaigns. So like, if if you want to, especially if you want to get your reading in. And I know Silva is somebody who gets their reading in. Uh, you got to go where the the wallet allows. Yeah, and it's and it's difficult. And it's you know, uh, Silva has a very specific situation where she's you know, but a lot of people are in financial straits that don't allow them to spend that type of money on comics. It's yeah. difficult. And when you have these kind of discounts going on, I'm not decrying these websites for doing it. Obviously, I benefit. I'm just saying that that's a symptom. That, that's that's causing a problem. Um, and so uh, the mystery retailer continues and says, um, around 2012, Midtown and DCBS would put out full-page ads in monthly periodicals from Marvel and DC, stating, quote, never miss an issue, and how much consumers could save using them. This was a huge slap in the face to brick-and-mortar direct market retailers. Publishers listened. And I don't recall seeing these types of ads since. This tactic was not new. During the speculator bubble of the 90s, American Entertainment slash Entertainment This Month would put out full-page ads discounting books based on how much you buy. At a time when collectors were buying 10 packs to put away in hopes of paying their kids' college tuition or for their retirement funds, these discounts were helpful. And in the Bleeding Cool article, there's a picture that shows exactly what he thought, what what mystery retailer is talking about, and it's it says this is actually insane. It says two dollars each 
and it lists a whole bunch of comics or 10 for 15. Nice. Good discount. Good deal. Good deal. That's, That's not insane. a discount. <laughs> that is a sla- uh, price slashing. Yeah. Because to what deal? To, that would it would be a ten for fifteen would be that's five dollars off. That's twenty five percent off, essentially. It's not bad. This is a very long article, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. There's one more piece that I want to get to. Remember earlier, quote. Remember earlier, I said Marvel and DC are aware. I don't know how invested Marvel is in overall order numbers or if they even monitor it, but DC data most likely still does. In 2020, DC approached the two biggest accounts with the most orders and largest volume to exclusively distribute their comics to retailers. DCBS would create Lunar Distribution and Midtown would create UCS, splitting the distribution of the direct market. While all publishers were still utilizing Diamond, DC sales reps would actively obtain access to what other publishers were doing, especially Marvel, and report this information eternally. They also knew which stores ordered what and who the top stores were. More red and cutter covers. More red and covers. No, we don't remember that. Oh, 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 oh. yes, 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 yes. The list of things that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's we talked at the time about how shady that is. Yeah. And how that had to be a conflict of interest. There's no way that you can turn the two biggest um, sellers of comics in the United States, maybe the world, into distributors and think that that's not going to be a problem. The information access is insane. Uh, and they already have a competitive infrastructure. So now you're just implementing a, a new system on top of an on top of an infrastructure. Easy. These are also the same companies that are offering and issuing insane discounts on comics. Yeah. How can they be the distributors? I used to do Midtown Comics uh, orders for my weekly comics, mm-hmm. uh, and I get them get them in the mail. Um, and it was cheaper, like yeah. saving gas. And like my local comic shop at the time was only a ten minute drive, maybe twelve, but like it was still cheaper to go to Midtown. And you know what? They packaged those books up. They were clean. They weren't bent. And I would get it on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you do anything else? It almost feels like, like the, the, the Amazon issue, you know? Yeah. It's like I can't yeah. – it's hard to say no to the free shipping and those discount codes and those – yeah. It's just – yeah. And so, you know, one of the solutions that we've seen, uh, you know, pointed out, bandied about is uh, – is uh, the idea of a manufacturer's um, what's the what's the exact phrase? Uh, it's like a, like an MSR, not oh, yeah, an MSRP. Um, yeah, 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 your your retail price. Yeah. Um. And that comics cannot be sold for less than that. Hmm. It's bull. Um. <laughs> go ahead, Tyler. I was gonna say that's bull because they they are. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. That that would that was a suggestion. Oh, I see. I see. Like a hard cover price that, yeah. yeah. That can't they can't go lower. Oh, uh, to, for these services in particular, they can't reduce like up to a certain point. Right. Then you be, then that's anti-consumer. You yeah. know, but at yeah. the same time, is it? You know, it's a, it's a weird gray area. I don't think it is anti-consumer in the sense that. I mean, I guess it, I guess it would literally be yeah. that in the sense that it would call co- it costs more in the micro. It is in the macro. It's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. People would people would feel that way about it. 
But I think that if you're talking about, like, how can we talk about the price issue in comics without discussing this? And it's interesting because one would then assume you can pull those savings, like, you'd have a competitive advantage at that point to take those savings away and put them into the book, right? Well, I guess if they're selling for five bucks, you're, you're being too you, generous there. <laughs> well, but 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 if you're but if you're if you're able to resell these books, right? You have that infrastructure built out, all that kind of stuff, and you're also able to distribute current books in a similar way. Um, technically, you'll probably find some savings there, and like, yeah, you can can sell the book at four ninety nine, but I'm sure you can probably also technically afford like three fifty. So I, I wonder why you wouldn't then by going to a different publisher, offer different rates. The, the other factor is that, Mar- um, I'm sorry, Midtown and DCBS get more of a discount than other stores. Mm-hmm. Stores can't necessarily afford to discount books the way that they do. Right. They're, mul- they're getting, mul- they're multi-million, Midtown has three shops. You know what I'm saying? When I shop at Midtown Comics, every $100 I spend, I get $10 off. It used to be 20 you know, or it needs to be like 80 bucks or something. It was 80 to 20. Yeah, 80 yeah. bucks to get 20 off. Right. Now it's t- it's 100 to get 10 off. But the point is that most shops can't afford to do those kinds of things. Midtown and, and DCBS can because at this point, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. This is not a fair practice. And, and also because of the variant issue, because of the, the, the amount that Midtown can order because they, it's New York and it's online, they get all those cool variants that people shell out big bucks for. Yeah, that is an issue for most smaller shops because they can't afford to order, you know, that many copies of a book that won't sell. Right. Absolutely. Um, so says uh, either it's accessible or it gets pirated, sadly. And yeah. that's another factor. We know about how how big pirating is in the comics industry. And I think that there are a lot of people who just, are, you know, just they think they are, they're entitled to get things for free. And that's that and would never buy comics. You know, they just wouldn't do it. But there are people who would love to be able to buy them, but they can't afford them, and so they steal them. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. It just is what it is. That's what people do. Um, the other thing is that we know that so much of the buying power in comics is in you know, older individuals who have means and are well into their lives and things like that who can afford to buy Omnibuy and you know, nice hardcovers and things like that and spend bigger money. What happens is with these huge discounts, those people are not dumb. They go where they can save money too. So the real money in comics leaves the LCS because these people are going elsewhere. That is a huge issue. I have not purchased an omnibus from Midtown Comics. I mean, my God, five, eight years, maybe a decade. But realistically, why would you? Why would I? I have no reason to do that. I've been right. using CheapGraphicNovels.com for a decade. My comic shop, I've been since like 2011, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, it's just, it's a it's a very difficult situation to solve. Um, uh, it's a very, very different, it's a very, very difficult situation to solve. And I don't know that there's any one group that can, that can really solve it. It's a it's a it's a it's a big problem. Uh, Amin Perez says, "What's the margin per issue?" Um, it's low. It's really low. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Maybe like a dollar. If, if that, I had to guess, knows? if that, yeah. Yeah. 
has to, I mean, the money goes to a lot of people's hands. It really does. And 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 that's uh, let's say we're just taking the the consideration of this uh, DCBS, let's say, right? Like now you add on top the the shop owner, you know, like beyond the distribution. Now you also have the individual at the retail spot who knows even what their what their margins are going to be on top of the margins we're already expecting. Yeah. Uh, AH says my LCS does do a nice discount on pre-ordered books. By the time you add shipping onto that mail order. Unless it's a huge order, the price is somewhat competitive. Okay, cool. That's that's good. But that's a that's that's one shop actually evolving for it. Trying which, to, yeah. In smaller and, markets, some shops can't do that. Right, and who knows? Who knows? You know how that affects their business. Who knows? You know how much money that's taking out of their pocket. Who knows if other stores can afford to compete in that way? And if they can't, they're just screwed. And that seems, you know, messed up. And, it, and Tyler brought up Amazon earlier, and I think that's an apt comparison. What can, how can you fight that? Can't. You can't fight Midtown. Even digital. I get a discount on the digital comics you get through Amazon, through Comixology. Yeah. Again, I think it's like 10% off. 10 to of, 15. Yeah, of each individual issue, which then it just makes it cheaper than an actual physical book. Yeah. Uh, I, t- yeah. Kindle now. Oh, yeah, RIP. <laughs> Rest in piss, Comixology. I really, really encourage people to read this article from the mystery retailer um, that Rich Johnson put out. It's phenomenal. It really, really, really is. It's so insightful. It's not overtly negative. It's really just a, a, a sober look, I feel, at the problems that the industry faces. Never once does he or they bring up the quality of, com- of comics. It's not about that. So, I, I, unfortunately, we just don't have enough time to dive into every single aspect of it. But if you want to know more, go read it. It's phenomenal. And I think this person is making a lot of points that people need to pay attention to. I threw it in the chat, too, if you guys want to check it out there. Cool. After the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stay focused because we got more to do here. We got a draft coming up a little bit later. You guys really, really um, uh, did an amazing job. Avoid the goal. Yeah, on that goal. And please keep the likes coming. It helps us out a lot, whether you realize that or not. Um, So thank you for that. Last week, we had uh, Bryce Gold on the show, uh, affectionately referred to by me as head of comics um, at Kickstarter. Well, no more. No okay. more. Week later, grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> Bryce took to Twitter to say the following, quote, big news. I've decided to take on another role and will be leaving my current position as Kickstarter's head of comics. Today is my last day. Shout out to all of the creators who have brought the most interesting, beautiful, and radical comics to life on Kickstarter these last six months. I'm so grateful to have been a part of your process. Although I am leaving Kickstarter, I will not be a stranger in the world of comics and look forward to sharing more soon. What happened? It's the Comics Pals cursed. (laughs) (laughs) Or blessing. We don't know where he's going. Like, he most likely knew he was leaving when we spoke to him. Or at least had an application out somewhere that he was pending. Yeah, somewhere. And and you know what? Frankly, I I I think that's the Comics Pals bump. Bumped up someplace else. I mean, that's also how how the job market is right now. You don't get promoted where you are. You got to move somewhere else. True. It's uh, <laughs> interesting. Um I mean I I think at the very least my hope for Kickstarter moving forward is that the individual who takes over, who seems to be Oriana Leckert, um is somebody who's as impassioned with comics as uh, Bryce was. I think he spoke intelligently about 
the industry about where Kickstarter sits, the value that they provide in the larger sphere of comics. So I think the the next person needs to understand that, respect that, come from that perspective of we're here to help you think of small press, think of how to bolster the individual who is trying to get their campaign success over the line. And, and um, or, I just want to say uh, Oriana Leckard is who he replaced. Oh, um, oh. It looks like filling the role for now will be Liz Moe, um, who has been at Kickstarter for a while, and so she's going to fill in that void. If they choose to find a, an official replacement, then that'll happen. But in, in, for now, that's who's going to be doing the job. Gotcha. And whoever, wherever he goes, that's probably a good boon for whatever company. Because dude yeah. do his stuff. So 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. So good for him. Uh Steven S. The Knight is a name that you guys might know from, of course, the Daredevil television show. He show show ran that. Um didn't he do Cabin on the Cabin in the Woods? I think he did that movie uh, too. You might be right. Great movie. Great yeah, movie. Yeah, I love that movie. That was That's cool. Good. Um uh, so he's actually got a new comic coming out, which I think is really cool. So he's going to be doing a new book with Lino Carvalho on art, colors by Bruno Hang, and letters by Troy Pateri. Um, it's a new graphic novel. I don't like that term, but it's a new graphic novel. Um, I really, I just don't. I really don't. Really. What, can what we can, you... wait? Why? Okay, we can get into this. Yeah, just <laughs> The reason why I don't like the term graphic novel is because I feel that it is a hoity-toity way of talking about comics for people who don't who think comics is a dirty word. Um, that is how I have always felt about that term. Um, and it's probably how I'm always gonna feel about it. Because yeah, it just sounds like it just sounds like a way of saying comics without using that word. It's like in wrestling, when they say superstar instead of wrestler, like it's a dirty word to say it's a comic. Oh, I didn't write a book. I wrote a novel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it feels to me. Very Samantha I mean, way of going about things. But, but you don't think there's a there's a semantic difference between like comic as like a floppy versus a, a, a collected uh, book? Trade. Yeah, but, but it's not a trade. I feel like a trade is a collection of serialized comics. That's how I categorize and distinguish as opposed to a graphic novel. Oh, this is an individual. One and done. Right. But what makes what makes a, a graphic novel versus like like it's the same content. It's the same idea of content. It's not a different idea of content. But you're you're categorizing by whether or not it was previously serialized uh and or is a a singular uh like book in, in, a, in a similar book format as opposed to a serialized comic. I mean, I've literally heard people say I read graphic novels. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of graphic novels. But I know they're not talking about what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I agree with Marco, but I can also see where Sean's coming from. Yeah. Honestly, I'd go one step further. I think we should all just call them funny books. <laughs> <laughs> they should all be manga. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so... It's coming from Humanoids, who we love, and it's going to be called, it's called Hard Bargain. So it, quote, tells the story of a gritty private detective, a private investigator named Frank Harding, who finds himself confronting demons from the literal underworld while digging into a mystery in the criminal underworld of 40s L.A. In this dark supernatural thriller, a detective races to solve a deadly mystery in the heart of L.A. before a horrific fate descends upon everyone it touches. Okay. All right. 
That sounds I like cool. The sound of that. He the art's a hard real bargain. Yeah. You guys see this art? This dude getting tongue lashed. <laughs> <laughs> I like that first page, just like the cityscape. It's cool. Yeah, man. I'm into this. I, I, I actually like. I won't get it probably because it is a quote graphic novel. Um, but if it was releasing week or monthly, I would buy it for sure. I just buy. I just don't. They're not even on my radar, dude. Really? Not on my radar. Sean, that's no. the shit that I buy. P- possibly weird question. When a show is released, a TV show, do you prefer it released in a season chunk or week to week? Week to week. Okay, all right, that tracks then. Yeah. I I like I like the anticipation. I like having to ruminate on what I just saw or or read, and then come back to it down the road. I really enjoy that. I like the ritual of it too. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was about to make a, a poor comparison. No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, maybe it. TV, if TV if you had to stop yourself, you know it was bad. <laughs> well, was I love like, I love that you I love that you weren't like you you stopped yourself from saying it, but then you said <laughs> that it was a bad comparison that you weren't going to make, and now I'm going to make you make it so that we can all laugh. Well, I, I was just thinking in terms of like if if a TV show you like it to come out week to week, right? Let's say let's say it's uh holistically it comes out to an hour and a half worth of content by the end of it, x number of episodes depending on how it shakes out, right? And then why not just call a movie a TV show? Man, you were right. That was a horrible comparison. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you for having me the fucking confidence to say that. I'm gonna go to the Nickelodeon by the uh, to go check out the newest TV show. <laughs> oh man! I was like, well, medium, and then okay, fair enough. Grayson Red said, "Bro, y'all killing me with this thumbnail." Hey, that's all credit to Tyler. <laughs> Uh, Atomic Hound says, unfortunately, the industry used the graphic novel term, i.e. the death of Captain Marvel. I'm sure it did. And I think it I think it might. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I think it might have been in an effort to, um, you know, make make things more palatable to people who aren't necessarily walking into comic shops and things like that. I mean, I mean, says I say graphic novels in front of my dad. There you go. I get it. Yeah. Uh, when does this come out? Let's see. August. Okay, so that's not too long to wait. It's probably gonna be good, honestly. The night is phenomenal. So oh, if, I, if I miss it, I'll be bummed because I missed his his work and his awesome art. Am I gonna have this on my radar in August? No, no, no. Next <laughs> no, week, they need to keep that. They need to keep that marketing going until August. Dude, it took me mad long to buy. It's lonely at the center of the earth, and I still have not read it. Okay, I got it a long time ago just haven't picked it up i don't know man it's not my vibe not that book just the graph graphic novel thing i don't know dude, that book is a, a graphic novel too it yeah. is a graphic novel yeah. it, it's a tilly book dude it's it's like the same but that's the point that's the point it is a graphic novel what you just said is the point he's, he's saying we need zoe, zoe thurgood to be on the show for him to read it <laughs> yeah yeah she, she needs to call it a comic mm-hmm. i've been trying guys i've been trying I know. Um, Ghost Machine made a huge announcement uh, at a comic book convention called CCXP, which is in San Paulo. Where's San Paulo? Brazil? Yeah. Brazil. Um, They made a huge announcement about a new book called Hyde Street. 
And it will be from Jeff Johns, who will be on the show next week, with art by Ivan Reese. Ooh, okay. In, uh, a surprise. Surprise. Not to us, but surprise. <laughs> uh, the latest in the murderer's row of creators who are a part of this new Ghost Machine imprint. Um, Hyde Street is going to come from two creators who have done a lot of great work together in the past. It's really cool that they're going to be uh, teaming up together again. I love that fact. Ivan Reese is a super talent and yet another person who is being sucked right out of the big two and into uh, image and probably won't work at the big two again for at least quite some time. Um, I'm into this. And this is the first one announced in that horror realm of Ghost Machine, right? No. No? Uh, we had uh, the Soulless or First, oh, first Ghost. Sure, the Soulless, sure. yeah. Well, we just haven't had art for that yet. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this seems like it's going to be, so, quote, Blackest Night's fantastic scope with Twilight Zone's thought-provoking drama. Wow. Okay. Which... The whole Hyde Street thing, you know, makes me think of, you know, the monsters who do uh, Mulberry Street, that uh, Twilight Zone episode, um, which even like the X-Ray glasses guy that's advertised for this book, Mr. X-Ray, kind of feels like that classic-y horror mm. sci-fi thing, which I'm, I'm down for. A little B-horror too, maybe? <laughs> you guys see freaking Kephas' comment, man. He said, I did. you might want to write this down for that 2025 omnibus. You know what, bro? <laughs> you better Yo. look at in-stock trades right now. <laughs> Put it down. Throw it down. Throw it down right now. Throw it down right now. Listen. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Kefis and I have a bet going on. And I think we started this bet three years ago. No, no. Two, two like years two, ago. Two years ago, I think. Where I said... Fantastic Four would absolutely not miss the 2024 release window because if it did, that would be insane. Marvel would never let that happen. And Kefa said, um, you know what? Yeah, I don't think it's going to come out. You want to bet on it? And the bet is that the loser has to buy the winner an omnibus of the loser of the winner's choice. Um, I think we had a $75 limit on the, the price. Don't break and- that price down. I think no. I mean, he can say if I'm wrong, but I'm I mean, pretty sure that was it. In stock trades, we just talked about the. the oh, the I'm not worried prices. about that. Yeah, we're <laughs> fine. Yeah. And it, it, if the movie doesn't come out by 2024, then I lose. Now listen, we all know what has gone on in the intervening years. I couldn't have predicted that did, shit. Okay? Did you make this prediction pre or post pandemic? Uh, post pandemic. Oh, yeah, come on, so. Sean. Well, what the heck, dude? The only reason Fantastic Four got delayed so damn bad. Is because of Blade, and it was just like a a, a freaking mount, uh, a, a a huge rock rolling downhill and getting larger and larger. It just kept fucking me personally. Why? Why did Blade have to get delayed? Why? Why do I have to? And, and I'm not conceding. I don't concede. <laughs> I don't concede until 2024 passes me by. That is the only time where I will definitively say it's not happening. Because until that point, Kevin Feige, he could still save me. It could happen. How do you make a prediction like that yet still win the awards predictions? <laughs> What's wrong with that prediction at that time? Who knew all this shit was going to happen? I thought I thought FF. Oh my god, it's three years away, four years away. No big deal. I, I, I refuse to till till twenty ninety. So you get the uh, that that uh, time machine going. You know what? You never never could never concede. I don't. I don't. 
I don't. But you tell me you you tell me then what it is that you want. And if I'm wrong, if I if I lose the bet, you got it. Um yeah, so this is a great announcement. I love what Ghost Machine is doing. They actually announced another uh new creator joining the team as well. Um let me see if I have the that. Horns sure being Halo. It's a new book by Tomasi and a new exclusive artist from the Nether, from Poland or the Nether, somewhere in Europe. Netherlands. Yeah, Peter Peter Schnedgeberg. Yeah, I was gonna let you have it. <laughs> yeah, 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 hopefully I didn't. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. Um, but uh, yeah, Horns being Halo, part of the Family Odyssey universe. That's one of the universes that they have that are not. Um, they're not. Con- connected they're just different like spaces like themes yeah exactly genre. it's where yep. the, the rocket fellers is going to be a part of right yeah cool. yeah and so peter is a danish creator um who is going to be jumping on board uh he's worked uh on vertigo books with neil gaiman garth ennis worked on starman jsa um bprd so he's he's, he's had a long history in comics he's a veteran for sure and I think right. this fits in right right with Tomasi's realm of like like there's a reason why people love Tomasi's Batman and Robin. Like he can he can write kids in a in a fun yet relatable way. Sure. That doesn't really talk down to them. And I think it's a it's a good space. You you talk yeah. the the family books, you're 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 hitting a good demographic. I like those kind of like found family or family proper, whatever it might be. It's a good team book. Even like the 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 way the the logo and the title is is designed, it gives it real Saturday morning cartoon show vibes. Mm, yeah, um, which I, I like that. It looks fun. Looks fun, and I like that Ghost Machine is kind of like gonna have something for everyone. They're working with genre, and well, that's what they talked about: working with character first, character, right. genre. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then, and so far. They are nailing uh, what they have said. I just can't wait for these books to start dropping. January, we're going to get the Ghost Machine number one, and that's going to be a sampler um, a la The Devil's Cut that's going to give us an idea of sort of what we can expect. Um, I don't think it's quite as much of a sampler as Devil's Cut, but I think it's you know similar in the same vein. Um, Atomic Hound says, you might want to concede considering how much Omnis may cost in 2025. Hey, dude, as long as cheap graphic novels still exist, I'm in the clear. That's the reality of the situation. Um, yeah, aggressively relaxing. A picture is worth a thousand words. A novel is about eighty thousand words. So as long as we have sixty plus panels, the term works. That's good. That's good. that's some Steiner math. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's a personal thing. I'm not, you know, no one else has to feel like I do. It's just how I feel. Um, never give up, never surrender. You got that shit right. Although I will concede. In 2025, if I must, you know, it is what it is. Hey, maybe Kefis will forget about the whole thing. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so if we, if we're Kefis gets into some kind of accident, we know what happened. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I would never harm a patron. Are you kidding me? Someone who supports us on patreon.com slash the comics pals. Kefis is gold. Um, reminder that we will be interviewing Jeff Johns next week on the main show. Going to be a little bit later. 12 p.m. Eastern, as opposed to the 10:15, which we normally do. 12, 15, 12 p.m. Eastern with Jeff Johns and potentially a very, very special guest, who we will announce not now, uh, maybe not at all. You have to come and see. 
Come and see who we get. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know what else is fun, guys? The way we end things around here. The draft. Oh, shit. You guys smashed the likes goal. You did an incredible job. You really, really showed up for us today. We are beyond thankful for that. And so, of course, we love to, you know, have a good time with you and pay it forward. And so we're going to play a draft now. And this draft, I think, will appeal to people who are really comics core focused. It's a fitting draft for today, given the nature of our show this week. where We've only talked about comics. This is the future film stars draft. This is a draft for only characters from any comic that have not appeared in a movie. Oh, yet? Yet. And I'm adding on top of that that they cannot have any type of movie in production or announced that we know specifically includes them. Wait, repeat that one? They cannot have a movie in production that specifically includes them. Like, the Sentry would not count because he's going to be in a movie, and we know that. Okay. That wasn't fully confirmed yet, but I I, I see what you mean, yeah. So if everyone agrees to that and understands the rules, go ahead, Tyler. It had to – so if they were maybe in something that was developed but never released and they've never been actually – We have to have seen them in something. Gotcha. Or it has to be impending. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do a snake draft. Hopefully you guys know what that means by now. I can't explain it. I just know how it works. Um, (laughs) That's my favorite bit that you still have not figured out the snake draft. (laughs) I, you know, I probably have figured it out a little more than I'm letting on. I've got my die right here. I'm going to roll them to determine the order of initiative. Who gets to go first? Who goes last? Tyler. Um, and what wins the draft? I mean, that's really up to you. Whatever your tastes are, whoever's draft you think was the best. With that being, go ahead, Tyler. Atomic Count says live action or animated too? Oh, that's a good point. If it's considered a movie, then I would say it counts. Miles is out then. Okay. Yeah, Miles is out. Damn. I can't consider Miles Morales a future star. That is a star right now. So, yeah, I'm with that. All right. This is going to be hard. This is this is going to be tough. I'm I'm sure of that. I have not thought about this at all, so I don't know where to go with this. But I know I have to roll these damn dice to see who's going first. And I'm going to start rolling with uh, with Tyler. So here we go. That is an eight. Ooh, good number. Pretty good. I'll roll for myself. That is a five. And for Marco? A 12, baby. That is a four, unfortunately. Yikes. So Tyler is actually going to start things this week. Commentator's curse. I jinxed us. Um, and it'll be Tyler, myself, and then Marco. Tyler will get one pick at first. Marco will get two. When he get back to Tyler, it's two picks and yada, yada, yada. I am going to start off with who I put in the image. And that is Doreen Green herself, Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Nice. That is a star waiting to happen. We almost had that that one with the uh, – uh, oh, what's her face? T-Mobile Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, really? Vain, Vain Trip, yeah. I think, is her last name. Yep. Um, Milena Vain Trub or something like that. Yeah, that costume like looked that. good too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Squirrel Girl. Uh, I'm going to – oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, That's right. I'm going to start. Should I start with that character? Um, yeah, why not? I'm going to start with Junkyard Joe. Oh, that's good. Oh, we're doing indies too. Okay. 
Any, yeah, any comics. Okay. Just comics. Um, I just Googled it, but I was going to do Adam Strange. No, Google! Well, but only just to verify, because technically... You're right. They were in a short superhero film that was only 16 minutes long, but it's a film. Straight to home release. But is that an episode of TV? I don't think that counts. No, we won't count it. Yeah. All right. So you got you got him. Okay. Cool. There you go again. And then Wildcat was in an animated series though, but not. It's not a movie. No, that counts. Okay. You're good. Wildcat. You just did that for the meme. I'm going to draft one my my literal favorite Star Wars character, Doctor Afra. Oh, dude! I, oh, we're doing. I'm so uh, excited. That's a comic book character. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's good. Honestly, surprised it hasn't happened yet. With the amount of oh, right. cameos that Star Wars is just doing these days, there's plans yeah. for it. No, I got to imagine. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Oh, I was going to say Booster Gold, but that's already in the. In the in the works. Um, huh. Oh. I'm going to go with Richard Ryder Nova. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And then I'm also going to pick. Oh, boy. It's been announced. There's a lot of ones that have been, that have been announced, especially with DC announcing weird shit lately. Um, because it's going to happen eventually, and I don't know how it's going to happen and what form it's going to happen, but give me Prince Robot from Saga. Ooh, okay. that's good. Okay. I dig it. Uh, I'm going to draft... Um... Joint uh Sojourner. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's her last name? Someone help me, please. Is it Truth? No. No. Sojourner, is that, is that, is that, that's that's right. someone. That's someone. Uh the Green Lantern. I'm sorry I can't remember yeah. her last name right Joe, now. Joe 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 Mol- 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna draft her. Yep. That's a good one. I'm gonna do uh Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld. Okay. And uh, Morpheus of the Endless had a Netflix show, not a movie. Got it. Mm, that's a technicality, no doubt, blew over, but I'll allow it. Oh, my next one's a huge technicality that no one can deny, so go ahead. It's you. It's me? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. It's me. You wow, too, look yeah. at that. She-Hulk. Mm. Come on. No movie. MCU. Ah. No movie. We said movie. He did. He did. That is a. It's a good technicality. Look, if the chat says no, I guess I have to submit. But we said no movie. She hasn't been in a movie. She has. She has. That's a good point. It's literally a fact. Yeah. Okay. How many are we picking? Five. Okay. Sorry, I should have said that. Okay, then let me do. Luke Cage. Yeah. We're going to do some technicalities there. And then I got one more, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, fudge. I had it and I lost it. Oh, um, because we don't know that it's confirmed this character is in the movie. 
because it was only a team movie that was announced. We don't know who's on the team. I'm going to say Midnighter. Oh, sure. That's good. Wow. Non-binary Bob, <laughs> who's a channel member, thank you so much for being a channel member, said Sean had this thing rigged from the start. How dare you? I didn't even think about this beforehand. I just was like, wait a second. She-Hulk hasn't been in a movie. I'm going to go with her. But again, if the chat doesn't doesn't uh, like it, then you know it is what it is. Who's next up, Marco? Right? No, you. You, you get your last one. Oh, that's right. Uh, hmm. This is a good one. Um, Just like the Netflix movie shows. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to go with, oh, oh, wait. Yeah, uh, Mr. Sinister. Okay, okay. Kieran Gillen. I don't know. Wasn't he in The End of Wolverine? Oh, you're right. There was, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was a quick uh, Mr. Sinister cameo. And wasn't he also Nathaniel in Aspects Deadpool 2? That I don't recall. But or like in any the, the school was the Essex school. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got me there. So I will choose. Can I give you one? Can I give you one? No, There's an easy one actually. Is yeah. that one out there? You want? Okay, sure. Help me. Sergeant Rock. Okay, he's not helping. <laughs> go lick, lick, go lick the boot of the military industrial complex somewhere else, Marco. All right. What? Unreal. Um. I'm going to draft then. Shit. Oh, 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 well, Nightwing. Does Nightwing count? Yeah. That's a surprising one, actually. Like, we've never seen that yeah, in any kind of film. Yeah. The closest we had was Dick, uh, Batman and Robin, because his suit was essentially. Why'd you have to say it like that, Marco? <laughs> it's a very hard way of saying name. that. This is his name. He's a hard D on that dick. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, does that, so does that count? Because I guess technically Dick Grayson was in that movie. So oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not counting that. Dick Grayson was in it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So then I will draft... Um, uh, uh, shit, what's his fucking name? John Kent. Oh, no, John Kent. Man, Superman. you had the opportunity to go for a full green team here, and you missed out. Oh. Why would that's I want to do that? That's a hint for you, and that's not a hint for Marco, specifically. Uh, I'm going to do my last one, Concrete. My Dark Horse. Okay. 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 It's a deep pull. Oh, Amon Perez says, I call BS, BS on that, Tyler. He's for sure in that movie. That's conjecture, though. It's not confirmed. Wait, in which one? Midnighter, just because they announced the authority and they have they've announced people that are casting in the authority so far. Midnighter is not confirmed. I agree with that. I agree with you. I I think it counts. Um, so that's it. Yeah, if we're allowing well, Sean She-Hulk, which is definitely going to be in a Marvel movie sometime. There's just, but there's no movie even on the books that would that we know would include her. Well, I think an Avengers thing can include her. It could, it but could. I think it's a lot more likely that Midnighter will be in an Authority movie than <sighs> She-Hulk is confirmed Avengers. But I don't even know why you're saying that because I agreed with you already. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not 
disputing you. I'm just saying it why. It sounds like you're trying to put put my She-Hulk pick on to say, hey, if that's okay, then this is okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, these are the teams we got, and let us know if who you think won the draft this week. So I got Junkyard Joe, Dr. Afra, the Green Lantern Joe Moline, She-Hulk, and John Kent, Superman. Marco got Adam Strange, Wildcat, Amethyst, Morpheus, and Concrete. Tyler got Squirrel Girl, Nova, Prince Robot, Luke Cage, and Midnighter. Let us know who you think won this week's draft. Um, interesting, interesting choices to say yeah, the least. Some good, some 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 polls. I probably could have swapped out Sandman. I would have. I should have done shade or something you went nuts bro you drafted concrete i even know who that is how can someone vote for you they don't even know your characters where'd yo concrete from, from fucking a dark horse presents number one like <laughs> yeah. it's a good series john kent was in the super sons movies oh my god you're right damn it i didn't watch those the animated ones oh yeah yeah all right on. redo all right redo I'll, it. I'll yeah i'll draft someone else um Damn it. That means I can't draft Damien either. Oh, yeah. Fuck yep. DC, man, with these animated movies, man. <laughs> I'm going back to Marvel. Um, uh, uh, Amadeus Show, the Totally Awesome Hulk. Okay. Nice. Come on. <laughs> Look at this. Come on, he was, Tyler. He was, he was referenced. He was not actually seen, though. Yeah, what the heck? And I got my all-green te- all team. Take that. That's fair. Green Arrow, though, was, was right there. I don't like Green Arrow. I know you don't like Green Arrow, and I don't understand it. He's an Arrow guy. I don't care about Arrow guy. Sorry. <laughs> Not a fan of the Arrow. Nah, I don't know. I think he's kind of lame. Amon Perez should be the commissioner of the draft. Okay. I like that idea. That's a fun idea. The the Nick Aldis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't need I any like 50 grand uh, fines, though, if we mess something up. So. No. No. <laughs> I swear on the air. Um, Next week, next week, we will be joined by Jeff Johns and potentially a very special guest. 12 p.m. Be here. If you have questions, put them in our Discord server. Put them in the comments of this video, but not if you're watching live. If you're watching live you and you want to leave a comment on YouTube, leave it in the comments section, not the live chat. Because if it's in the live chat, we won't see it. So our Discord, our email, contact at thecomicspals.com. You can do that. You can join our Discord server and leave us a comment there. As I said earlier, and I hope you guys understand why this has to be that way, we are prioritizing questions that come, questions and comments that come from our patrons, our channel members, things of that nature. Thank you to everybody that listens to us. We love you and appreciate you so much. This is a way for us all to close out the year happily by having on one of the best guests we've ever had on the show. you know, to talk about Ghost Machine. We haven't gotten into the fray yet on the Ghost Machine talk with the creators. So we'll be doing that next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, I think. So come show out for yeah. that. No Miss says, how can you not like Green Arrow? Not the show version, but the comic book version. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Every single time I've seen Green Arrow, he's been doing something that was uninteresting to me. The one recent run that he had uh, with Joshua Williamson at the at the hem, I tried it. And I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. I didn't get it. I didn't care about it. So the only, did he did lost you try the um, money again? 
Yeah, he was lost in time or something like that. Yeah. Did you try the uh, Lemire Sorrentino one? Ooh, that's a good team. I think you might like that one, actually. Yeah. You're a Sorrentino guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's good Sorrentino. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, someone's <laughs> going to have to like, it's going to, I don't know what it'll club. take, but I just really don't care for that character. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Green Green Arrow's a great character, says Atomic Hound. Look, I'm not saying he's a bad character. I just don't, I don't have an affinity. I don't have a connection to that character, unfortunately. Um, and I don't really care about Hawkeye too much either, quite frankly. Well, there you go. Yeah. No arrows. arrow people. Yeah. Um, I would not be an arrow guy if I were in a fictional world. I would not be running around with bows and arrows. What's your opinion on Legolas? Don't care. I didn't. Okay. I mean, I, he was annoying. You know why he was annoying? Because I'm going to tell you exactly why I found him fucking oh. annoying. Because when I was like 12 years old or whatever, when those movies were coming out, every girl on earth was fawning over Legolas. And I was like, this, this, what's up? Why is he so hot? What's so what's so great about this guy? He shoots arrows. I was jealous. I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, so are, you, are you actually just jealous of Oliver Queen? Is that the thing? You no. do got a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but he's I'll, a I'll, mediocre yeah, wrestler. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the poll. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, what do we got? Ooh, Tyler with 44% of the vote. Wow, all 11. Look at that. Whoa. 33 with Sean and 22 with Marco. Those are angel numbers, up. guys. Good stuff, Tyler. Marco, there are no minions. I hate to break it to you. Hmm? There Sorry. are no minions of Marco. They're, they're in the chat. No, really I'll make a shirt for the shop. Don't worry. Only Amon Perez has the ability to control people's minds and make them minions. You do not. You do not. Um, I think he'd be a hot woman. Who? Oh, Lego Lego Bloom. Wait, you thought she? You thought she was talking about Marco? <laughs> Yo, so respect. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at his hair. Let's get those Instagram filters. Let's see what it looks like. Where? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, guys. Patreon.com slash the comics pals. If you want to show us support, if you enjoyed the show, if you like what we do, if you're fans of ours, we're fans of you. And the support goes a long way uh, to making this product better, to making this show better, to allowing us to do bigger things, better things, to have conventions like New York Comic Con and have it be so well done. Um, and just shows us that you care and you're into what we do. But anyone who can't do that, that's totally cool. We appreciate you all anyways. Um, it's great that you join us every single week. YouTube.com slash the comics pals to watch us live. Um, channel memberships are open as well. Click the join button if you want to. Uh, pals polls is live at 6 p.m. every single Thursday. You can vote in the listener pick poll, which is up right now. And Action Comics is winning by a landslide. Thank you. A landslide. Shout out to the minions, dude. They make their presence known, you know? Please. You think they're voting for Action Comics on your behalf? Wait till I rally them. Action Comics has 69% of the vote. I don't think it needs your help. Nice. <laughs> that's the number of, that's the mark of Marco. There 69. It is. That's, that's the number of the beast. Uh, um, plugs. Marco, go for it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all the things, Mr. Marco Animoto.
Tyler. You can follow me at the Tyler also on Instagram, Twitter, uh, on Letterboxd. I've been trying to put, put up a whole bunch of stuff on Letterboxd for that. Um, I just saw Godzilla minus one, and it is phenomenal. Um, so if you guys watch that, talk to me about that. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Hope you hope to see you next week for the show. I'm at Sean Soapbox. Just come, just come hang out with us next week for Jeff Johns. That's all I. That's all I want to plug. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs>